Hello, and welcome to episode 107 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, the Rev 9, Alessandro Boyelsi. Say hello, Al. I have spoken. I knew you were going to say that. On this week's episode, Disney+, Plus, Kojima, Sonic, and other news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, Terminator, Dark Fat. But first, Al, what are we drinking? <laughs> did you really know that's what I was going to say? Uh, yes, I did, because uh, earlier when I was watching The Mandalorian, Kim and I were like, we, we're going to have to bring this into our everyday usages. <laughs> just at, like after you say something, and when you're about to leave the room, just say, I have spoken. I was thinking <laughs> that too. It. I was like, man, we, I should use that some. Um, but the thing is, I actually had some, I, was, I got so mad for a minute this afternoon when I was putting together like the finishing touches on my notes. I actually mm-hmm. had something yesterday or the day before. Oh, fuck. Now I remember what it was. <laughs> I was thinking so hard for like 20 minutes and like I, I, I finished my notes, turned on The Mandalorian, watched it. It was like, oh, well, I can use this now. But I was so mad. And right. just now I remembered what it was going to be. But the one I was going to be is, what does this do to the Haitian vote? Oh, my God. I didn't think that you would have had. I, it's one, one person. Can we stop calling him the Haitian vote? He has a name. It's Pierre. That's so great. Oh, my God. That, so did you finish it? Uh, I. Or you just started. I've watched five of eight. Oh, okay. That comes up a a lot. (laughs) I know, especially you know prior to the election because the election happens like halfway through the first season or whatever. Oh my god. Um, we'll we'll talk about that more once we get to news notes and nuggets. Let's get to the beer. Um, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean that. We had we had a lot going. That was awesome. No, that's. I'm glad. I'm glad you had you clarified it for me though, because I, I for some reason it wasn't clicking, but that was that would have been solid. Yeah, that was what I wanted to do. I figured you would remember it because they did say it so many times, and you said you yeah. just finished watching it. Um, all right, so back on track, uh, which I'm sure we'll get back <laughs> off track eventually and often. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're drinking Dinkle Ocker, or, or as uh, Anthony was calling it, Dick Liquor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all the letters are there. Uh, most of the letters are there. Um, All the letters are there, just not enough of them. <laughs> yeah, I would say you need another I. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's pretty close, but not really. Uh, we're we're drinking Dinkelocker Oktoberfest beer, <laughs> Marzen. Um, we just missed Oktoberfest season. Uh, I forgot that this was in the fridge, and then I just saw it. I said, you know what? We should get this out of the nice. way now. Um, this is imported from Germany, obviously. It's a Marzen, which is the official... Oktoberfest beer in Germany. It used to be something else years ago, and actually I think the change was relatively recent, and it's a pretty similar style to what used to be the official Oktoberfest beer, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank as to which one, which one it was. Um, mm. This one has no story. Uh, Germans are typically not very flowery, even over their beloved beer, um, so this feels right. Let's, uh, let's take a sip. Cheers. Oh. Yeah. See... I haven't had anything like this this year. Um, I feel like usually I have a lot more of the German style beers around Oktoberfest, and it just didn't happen. Uh, yes, probably I, I, had to I, do with me being away for two weeks during that good, time period. But good point. It was. Uh, I, I missed it. I didn't realize I missed it until now. Uh, Very good. I realized that I too um, have not had as many of them as I typically would have had during the season, um, which is a shame because I do enjoy. It, I, I've, I've said before I'm not a huge fan of the basic variations of the German lagers just because I find them a little too plain. Um, mm-hmm. But the darker they trend towards, the more I tend to enjoy them because 
they've got a little bit more bold flavor to them. Right. Um, but this still is a perfect example of the style. It's clean, it's crisp, which are two very important things for it to be. Um, I, I like this. Uh, the only other Dinkelocker beer I've ever had is their basic Pilsner, which is the most pale and light of all of them. Right. And it's a really good example of the style. Um, and I've had that one several times, and it's, it's really, really solid. It's just not something I generally go for unless I just need a really safe option. Sure. Because it's so, quality. You know, it's they're, a, they're a quality, you know, German brewery. They've been around forever. This is really delicious right now, and it's also making me very angry. Um, uh, we went to an Oktoberfest that we usually go to every year. Okay. And uh, you were there, and they didn't have their oh, German beer. That's right. They didn't have right. their beer at all. And now, I don't think there's a reason to go back. Probably not. Unless we were going to go like, hang out with, what's his name? That guy was crazy. He was crazy. Also, looked and even... sounded disturbingly like Bob Einstein. And <laughs> I would have asked him if he was Bob Einstein, except for the fact that I know he died about a year ago. So, or he earlier faked this year. his own death. Rest in peace, Bob uh, Einstein. Funny dude. That was a weird night. But, oh, yeah. I think next year, we'll have to have our own Oktoberfest. I'll cook the food, you'll make the beer, and we'll, we'll, get, it, we'll get it back. Someone that was a real them. bummer, because that's when I usually have a bunch of them, and yes. uh, didn't have any of them, because they just don't make their own beer. Like, what a waste. Even on their menu, it said that certain food was made in their signature ale, which they don't make anymore, so what is it made in? <laughs> the world may never know. The world... <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, uh, um, if someone wants to get me for my birthday or for Christmas uh, something that I can make lagers in... Um, then I will make all of the Marzen you could possibly... I will make you so much Marzen that it'll be <laughs> coming out of your eyes, ears, and nose for nice. Oktoberfest next year. What do you need? I need a temperature-controlled refrigerated chest that can hold my thing. My. Uh... For those of you listening at home, Al's making motions with his hands. <laughs> uh, uh, a carboy or, or my beer bucket. Either one. Fair enough. Okay. Temperature-controlled chest. About as big Tem- as Al's controlled chest. refrigerated chest, yes. Also, Got it. I, I firmly, I firmly <laughs> expected six weeks. I firmly expect six weeks from now to be called the the man, the myth, the temperature controlled refrigerated chest. <laughs> I uh, I've been I've been doing a good job, similar with the quizzes, of making them relevant to the movie that we're going to do. Yes, that's true. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna if I run out of those, maybe I'll maybe I'll pepper. Well, every once in a while, you, uh, you do sneak in a wild yeast. I do. It's just, it's when I, uh, you know what happens is I write, I have a template for my introduction. Yeah. And I usually fill them out really early on in the week. Okay. Like after I, f- after I finish the movie that we're going to watch, I'll come up with a nickname for you and I'll throw it in there. And occasionally, I don't. <laughs> and then we start recording and I go to my notes and it just says, insert Al's nickname here. <laughs> and that's usually when you'll get a wild yeast. <laughs> It's nice or to have a reserve, a reserve of things that you can call on when need yeah. be. The temperature-controlled chilled chest. chest. What is it? Refrigerated <laughs> chest? Yes. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, this beer is great. Uh, solid thumbs up. I don't know where on the number scale, but I- I'm enjoying it. I'm thinking something like a 3.75. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think this is, it's easier for me to do this. It's easier for me to go to you for the number... And then play higher or lower. Because <laughs> I feel like you can give it more thought than I can, and then I can agree or disagree. Uh, fair, fair. I'm in. I'm in. That sounds, that sounds like a nice rating. News and Nuggets, we have a lot of Disney Plus to discuss. 
Yeah, I figured that was going to be the majority of what we discussed. It's until until I a couple of things popped into my head, including your previous text messages. Uh, that was the only note that I had was Disney Plus, <laughs> and then like right before the show, I remembered one other thing, and then uh, the Sonic trailer, which we'll get to. Uh, but Disney Plus launched, and I'm super excited to dive in, even more so now that I've watched The Mandalorian, which uh, we didn't talk about this before the show, but stay tuned after the show for a quick Mandalorian episode one review on the fly. We're going to oh, do that. Is that what you want to do so we don't have to yeah. worry about the spoilers getting in the way? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. If you want to hear um, the Mandalorian stuff, we'll do that after the credits roll. You're going to have to remind me because that's fine. I'm 100% going to probably forget. It's, I, I like that. <laughs> uh, 100% going to probably forget. Uh, uh, well, the, the non-spoiler thing here is it suffers a little bit from pilot episode stuff. But if you're a Star Wars fan or remotely interested in Star Wars, really great. Well, that, that's uh, looks the thing amazing. I, I've realized I'm starting to just change how I feel about starting shows because in the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks, I've started watching a bunch of brand new shows. Not just like because I just if I if it's a show that I've decided I'm going to watch like something with a backlog, like when I started watching The Wire or Breaking sure. Bad or The Sopranos or whatever. I'm not going to really grade the pilot because I already know I'm here for at least the first season. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, but for new shows, I've had a bunch of them in quick succession over the last few weeks with Watchmen and his Dark Materials and The Mandalorian and The Politician. And there was one or two other things that I've watched in the last few months. I've, I've realized that, uh, oh, and Jack Ryan, like what I'm looking for in a pilot is, is it made with generally good quality? Do I mm-hmm. just f- not flat out hate it? Is the characters also not hateable? And am I interested in what's coming next? Because if you don't give right. me something to be interested in, then why am I going to stick around? It doesn't have to be perfect. I don't have to fall in love with it. But when the credits roll at the end of the first episode, do I care to find out what's coming next? That's really the most important thing. Like It's like 80% of, of sure. that grading scale of things I just mentioned. Am I interested in what's coming next? And at the end of this episode, I was like, oh yeah, I definitely want to see what's going to happen next. Right. And that's really yeah. all I, I'm looking for. So, you know, I, on the pilot scale, this is like a 9 out of 10. On the pilot scale? I'll give you that on the pilot scale for sure. Uh, the the thing is, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, yeah, as soon as the as it was going on, I was like, I already know that I want to know what's going on after this. Yeah. Um, I, was, I, was, I was in, but also, uh, being a Star Wars fan, it was like, it was easy. Yeah. Uh, I felt like, because of all the, the, the fan the way, service quick, that's in there. I was going to say, quick teaser spoiler. This looks, feels, and sounds right for Star Wars so far. Yes, um, it really does. On that note, let's leave it and move on to something else so that our news yep. nuggets will really be shorter so we can get to this at the end. That's perfect, because on that, uh, with, the, with the pilot stuff, I am watching Watchmen now. Okay. And I watched the first episode, and on that scale, I, it, it's much lower, uh, the, their pilot episode, because by the end of that first episode of Watchmen, I was like, there's something going on. I'm kind of curious but by the end of the second episode i was more in see i i mean i i would have put it lower just because my automatic buy-in was lower i as much as i loved the original watchman comic and was frustrated by but didn't hate the movie Mm -hmm. um i don't have the same buy-in as i do for something star wars so it's already going to like almost be impossible to match up to that but Taking that into effect, that own, that bias I know I already have um, towards one over the other, I still wouldn't put it that far behind on the pilot scale. I'd put it at like a seven and a half or something like that. 
Mm, I'd probably go six. Well, the, the reason that I would put it is because somehow, like, the production value on that was damn near perfect. Um, yeah. I think it may have exceeded The Mandalorian slightly, even. Mm, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, it was the production value was solid. I thought it was just a little rocky. Um, and it's, it's, it gets better, though. Yeah. It gets uh, better. I, I didn't I w- see this week's episode, but I've seen the first three three yeah i think it's three yeah three episodes and then the fourth was the sunday i believe yeah i didn't see that one yet me neither i haven't watched it yet but i will uh anyway so you're at the same point as me you've seen the first three have you seen the first two the first three okay so you're on board now yes i am yeah i'll uh i'll continue to watch it i'm actually i'm in a weird spot where i'm going to try to make a point of actually watching it weekly because i feel like if the backlog were to grow i wouldn't really want to it's, it's a heavy it's a heavy watch it's not something that's yeah. great i think if you're gonna watch three hours of it yeah when when an hour when, when i've gotten through an hour of it i'm like all right let's well, something else now <laughs> <laughs> um anyway back to disney plus so was scrolling through after signing up which i was very uh excited to do uh was scrolling through some of the stuff that's on there and there are there's some and then i went i was like there's way too much on here that more than i expected obviously because you don't think about what that catalog is going to look like so i found a couple articles of some highlights and there were two things that popped up on the highlight reel that i didn't see when i was scrolling through that made me very excited one of which is escape to witch mountain which i haven't seen in years but i remember really liking as a kid i never saw that i do remember it being a thing I, I, i never saw it though and the second, and you might not know about the, the about this about me, but The Rocketeer was one of my all-time favorites as a kid. <laughs> I didn't know it was one of your all-time favorites, but I do know that you've mentioned it in the past, so I, I knew you had some regard for it. I have the, the VHS tape, which uh, was given to me by Select Video on Staten Island <laughs> before it closed down. Uh, which is amazing, because when I got that, I was really excited. I also had an action figure of The Rocketeer, which was 100% rubber. Uh, it was just a very strange... Like, he didn't really move. Like, his arms were just kind of stiff. And he had a rubber rocket pack that you can attach to his back. Nice. And uh, I played with that thing damn near every day. <laughs> and I don't know why. I feel like it's going to be one of those movies that when I go back and watch it, I'm going to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll see. Because now that opportunity is there. Well, the thing is, from what I understand, that actually has a pretty cult following then oh does it really i think so that was like one of those things where as a kid nobody else watched it yeah and that, I, there was nobody for me to talk to about it and i don't even know how i found it yeah i don't know if it's a big cult but i think it's a like a very arduously in support of cult like like people are voraciously a fan of them i just had this certain love for flying through the air and i think that that's what made that movie so special that's why you like Iron Man, okay. Especially when things go wrong and it's like swirling around in circles and stuff. It's a, uh, it's special. I think I've seen special. just the cover of the movie, and the aesthetic is like almost exactly World of Tomorrow in Mask of the Phantasm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like so much so that I'm pretty sure it's just like a still <laughs> from, yeah. from the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess it's just generally 1950s, but still. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's uh, it. I I remember really adoring. I want to. I want to say like I I keep stopping myself from saying it was pretty great because I really can't say that for sure. <laughs> no, no. You know the thing is, I think Disney knows because that movie is on the homepage. Like when I first turned on oh. Plus, I saw that was on there. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that's Disney awesome. Thing. Awesome. Okay. I'm excited to watch it. I'm also excited to, I've been going, I've been I'm back into Rebels. I'm trying to get through all of it uh, ASAP. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize those were going to be on there on, like, from launch. Like, Rebels, Clone Wars is all on there. Well, I guess it makes sense for Clone Wars to be on there since the final season is going to be in, I think, February? Do you mean Resistance? <clears throat> no, Rebels. Or not Rebels, Clone Wars. Oh, they, they remember they're, oh, cause they, they're, they're yeah, they're coming back with it. That's right. Sorry, what were you saying about Rebels, though? Oh, so I, I got myself back into it because yeah. I want to get through it all. Uh, it's a great show. Yep. And I was watching the second season, mm-hmm. and I uh, finished the second season and watched the first episode of the third season, okay. except I was completely wrong, and I just didn't have all of the episodes, and I thought I did. So something major happens in the final two episodes of the second season, and the third, ep- the third season started, and I go, what's happening here? What happened to his face? Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I missed something. And then I went back and realized that I just didn't have two of the episodes. Oh, but now I do. Are because you, ta- I have Disney you talking Plus. about uh, Kanan? Uh, yeah. 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 Something yeah. pretty major happens. <laughs> now, mind you, I had seen like cover art and I had a sneaking suspicion. But I thought like, oh, are they doing this thing where like this has happened and we're going to get it through flashbacks? And it's like, no, I just missed two episodes of the show. <laughs> See, I went through something like that, but it was fairly early because I think I, it was whatever the Disney app was at the time. Um, it was like Disney Go or Disney Minus. Now or something like that. Because um, I was watching, I started watching the show during the run of the show, but it was like leading up. I think it was in the second to last season. Was there there was four or five? Four seasons. Four seasons. So I started watching in the third season, but I had to catch up okay. on the first two seasons. and. It had all the episodes on there, or at least I thought it did, and just random episodes weren't in there, and I have no idea why, because it, like, over the, I don't know, 40 episodes or whatever that I was trying to catch up on, like, it had 35 of them or something like that. <laughs> and, like, no real rhyme or reason as to why, so, right. I didn't notice it at first, because, like, I was just watching them, not even looking at what they were numbered, because it's just like, when one episode ends, the next one starts. Right. So you just keep minute, going. It's a 22-minute show or whatever, so... Very easy to knock out three or four episodes in a row, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember being really confused halfway through an episode because, like, wait, what the fuck are they talking about? And I'm like, <laughs> going, I was like, I don't remember this at all. Like, how is this? And I'm looking around. I was like, what the? And finally, I like, I like look back at the minute. I was like, Did I miss something? Like, it's like, oh yeah, we went from episode five to episode seven. That explains it. <laughs> so I had to go. Could not find the episodes anywhere for free. So then I was just like, you know what? Fuck it, I just want to get caught up so I can be watching it concurrently with when it's going. I just read sure. down like full blown written synopsises and so there's a handful of episodes that I've read and haven't seen. Gotcha. That's fine though. Most most of them involving the in- the Inquisitors. Um oh. I don't know why that's the case. But those are pretty important episodes. Yeah. Like I would have gladly yeah. exchanged all of those for the c- couple of the episodes during the run that that didn't concern them because <laughs> yeah that, that's what's that funny really inessential yeah there's a, there's a handful of episodes that they, they're just they're just episodes they're just like kind of fun there's nothing special going on yeah. but there's the main story is fantastic yes um, and super relevant and canon yeah not to be confused with canon great show with canon <laughs> <with> jarris <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh continuing on with disney plus 
Apparently, there's another change to the Han and Greedo scene. Oh, I did see that today, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, just, just stop. Just leave it alone. <laughs> it's over. I... I, I guess I, this see, this isn't offensive to me because, like, they're just adding a deleted frame, you know what I mean? I guess. Like, it, you know, like, it exists, like, they're not making some shit up or re-editing it, like, it was shot as part of it, and it just didn't make it past the cutting room floor. I just, like, don't understand, like, wh- like what kind of work went into that? <laughs> I'm just curious. You know, like, because, like, there's... These are now... From what I understood, is there... Are they now... Can you stream them in 4K? I believe you can. Yes. Which is pretty awesome. I'm excited to do that. Yes. Although, weirdly, Solo and The Last Jedi aren't on there yet. I, I think that might have to do with oh, exclusivity. That, oh. I think that's to do with exclusivity of pre-written contracts with, you know, when a movie comes out and then it becomes available yeah. on demand and then it becomes available on Blu-ray and then it's available to, like, HBO or Showtime, whoever wins the bidding for it. And then it's available right. on broadcast TV. There was an exclusive deal done with TNT, like all the Turner networks to get all the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those two aren't available on Disney Plus yet because I think there's still an exclusivity portion of the networks that bought those rights a couple of years ago. Well, aren't those two still on Netflix? I don't know. Uh, I know that. I think they may. I know be. that there's been the Great Purge has started from Netflix <laughs> to Great Purge of all of those movies going to Disney Plus uh, and and all the Marvel movies and all everything Disney. Period. Um, right, but I I'm guessing since those two were the most recent releases, that there may still be an exclusive. I don't think the Last Jedi has made it to a Turner Network yet. I don't think it's made its debut. Uh, okay, because there's a, speci- a specific timeline for how long from theatrical release to when that those things happen, and then there's a exclusive window. It's part of the rights fee that they bought. It. Turner spent like a billion dollars or something like that on hmm. all ten Star Wars movies. That they get exclusive rights of first broadcast um, presentation of it on TV. So I'm All guessing that's the reason it's not available on it. Episodes 1 through 8 10? and Rogue One and Solo. Oh, okay. So they won't have Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that may be part of it as well, but you know, the movie hasn't come out yet, so. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. When you said one through ten, I wasn't sure if like that was like if a ten movie deal was part of it or No, or like, I think it was everything that was fully announced and in production was exclusive with Turner that on TBS or TNT they could play those are the only broadcast network that can play the Star Wars movies. Gotcha. Interesting. That, that okay. deal was signed a couple of years ago. Actually, we may have even talked about it on the show early on. Yeah, it was, it was around we've, the we've time. spoken of it before. I just didn't know how long it lasted. Uh, that I don't really care so much about that. Um, I'm excited for the, the other ones are in 4K because as I've been rewatching them, um, I might as well up the scale a bit yeah which would be nice um but i I already have eight in 4k so that's fine exactly um i really i'm 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 just waiting for them to to take my money Mm -hmm. like i'm i'm here i'm here to buy them again in 4k (laughs) like i'm here i'm just waiting i actually hope i want the whole i hope they don't package it all together until nine is fully out and everything oh yeah for sure I mean, I, I would like all nine, unless, see, here's the other thing. They could do steelbooks of all of them in 4K, and I would 100% buy those. Like, see, the steelbook for eight looks amazing. <laughs> see, I'll buy nine when it comes out, but I don't see the point in, like, rebuying them all in 4K if they're going to be available forever on Disney+. Plus. I can just watch. Uh, it depends on the box set. 
in my opinion. Yeah, I don't care. I know, you don't care about that shit. I do, uh, obviously, as... I just want uh, to have the ability to watch the movie that I enjoy sure. in good quality. Okay, I, I, I get it. I get it. I, I, I understand that I'm one of the three people remaining that buy these things. No, I uh, still buy movies and stuff like that, but like the presentation of them doesn't matter very much. That's, fine. That's fair. My, my collection is, is just looking very nice, and I want it to continue to grow. Oh, yeah. So I'm getting to... To the point where I'm going to need another row, which is nice. It's exciting to me. Well, you have a bunch of, like, of those, like, rows doubled up, too. Like, there's, there's a lot of double parking going on. Oh, they go deep. So, each shelf has an entire row of DVDs. And then on top of the DVDs are Blu-rays, and in front of the DVDs are Blu-rays. Yes. <laughs> so, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> well, I think eventually you're going to have to, like, come up with some new display for just all the DVDs to just keep the Blu-rays on those shelves. Sure. Uh, though by that time, they might just stop making them. It's uh, Who knows? It's getting harder and harder to buy. Oh my god, I was in Best Buy. <laughs> okay, so you, you saw that. I, I posted a picture of this, but I got the Matrix 4K Trilogy, Galaxy Quest Steelbook, and Terminator 2 4K all in the same day. And it was just like... Wow! Like, just <laughs> what a what a group of movies to pick up in one haul. And uh, the the box for that um, for that Galaxy Quest one is incredible. And I just keep finding little details on it that are amazing. Really? And it's just it it was so worth it. Just like little quotes here and there, or like little Easter eggs in the artwork. It's really nice. I really I really dig it. Uh, what's important about the story is as I was walking through, I I had ordered I wanted Terminator Two for that night, so I had ordered it. Uh, for in-store pickup, and then I went in and started looking around the store until I got the notification that it was ready, because there was only one left according to the website, so I was like, whatever, make sure I'll get it. So I go in there, start walking around. Uh, They still sell regular DVDs. I think I might have brought this up before. They have, like, regular old giant box DVDs. Yeah. Uh, So I was in the T section in case they hadn't grabbed it yet. I was making sure that the Terminator 2 that I had pre-ordered wasn't... um, was it on the shelf? And in there, I was like, oh, I wonder if they... It wasn't there. I was like, oh, I wonder if they have uh, the first Terminator in 4K. Not that that's going to look... That might look horrible <laughs> uh, up-rest. But anyway, I, was, I went to look for it. And not only did they not have it in 4K, they didn't even have a Blu-ray of it. But they did have the DVD. And I picked it up, and it was two ninety nine. <laughs> and I was like, look how far we've gone. Now, that, sound, that sounds so old. Was it full screen? Uh... You know, I didn't even think to look. <laughs> There's a chance. You know what? I bet it's one of those uh, those double side jobbies. You know, oh. where you flip the disc over and it's like widescreen, full screen. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of the Blu-rays you still buy, or because I don't buy anything 4K because I don't have anything that's 4K like player. Like I have a 4K TV, but I don't have any 4K players. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of them still come Blu-ray and DVD in the pack. You know what I mean? Oh, in the Blu-rays? Yeah. Yeah. The 4K ones come with the 4K and the Blu-ray and the digital copy. Yeah. yeah. Except for this bizarre Matrix trilogy that I bought that is just the 4K and the digital, which is fine by me. It's about time. But I was just like, <laughs> I mean, the price finally came down and it was cheap, but it's got this awesome black cat on the cover. I really like it. Nice. <laughs> you know, I fucked up uh, when I was buying a lot of these Blu-rays few years ago i didn't have a hard drive formatted to store digital video Mm. and because i didn't have the only thing i had to play it on was my 360 and it's a blu-ray player and i was buying blu-ray so like i was like what's sure sure kind of uh it was 
it was a bad job out of me like foreseeing where the future was going with that. Um, now that I have the 4K TV, that's you know smart TV and all that, it would make sense to have it to be able to play. I mean, again, I could play it on the Blu-ray, but I missed an opportunity. And the thing is, they kind of screw you. It's like, oh, you get a free digital copy of that, but they ex- your your window to download yeah. it expires, which is kind of bullshit. Yeah, I agree. That was uh, honestly those sucked anyway. The ones where you actually had to download it, which was years ago. Um, it, it was a waste. I don't even have any of those because I've redeemed them and like forgotten about them. Who knows? But lately, with movies anywhere, when you download, like you redeem the digital code and you can have it in any of your services. Oh, okay. That's what's really cool. So like it's just in all of my services, and I don't understand how it works, but I'm not going to argue with them. Well, that's why <laughs> I figured it's there. I figured you would just go through a quick day of just. Ding, 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 like all of them just upload them to Plex or whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, now I don't even, I don't even do that on Plex I, because I don't download the actual copy. They're all cloud saved. So or I whatever, just, yeah, I, yeah I, just, I just redeem it. And now it's in like, if I go on my iPad, it's in that library. If I go on uh, the Movies Anywhere app on like my Roku, it's in there. Like it's, it's very convenient. Okay. Uh, so that's nice. I like that. But the other day I was like, oh, when I got these movies, let me scan these in. Started going through them. It's like, there was like, 27 movies on the page i was like oh wow i was like i guess that's a decent amount um i haven't really been doing the digital code thing for that long and then i was like oh this is the recent movies tab and then i clicked all movies and it was like 135 and i was like oh okay <laughs> now we're getting somewhere nice, nice. <laughs> very convenient uh i always think that i'm going to need those on airplane so i'll download a bunch of them before i get on the airplane just because you i you know i don't know what them? i'm going to want to watch that day okay. and then yeah and then there's like the screen in front of me has like 700 movies on it that I've never seen. Um, <laughs> and then I, you know, I was like, well, here's an opportunity to write an article and I'll watch something from that list. Uh, coming soon. Uh, say, final man, thing. Get that to me. Let's get that out there Friday. Th- yeah, that'll be, that'll be ready by then. Uh, Disney plus uh, one final note that I have on it is uh, Spider-Man MCU movies will not be on Disney plus. That makes sense. It just sucks though. Sure, but it's not surprising. It's not surprising, but just Sony, just Lego. You know what I mean? Just Lego. I don't know. Sony, Sony's been feeling themselves because they successfully made a couple of movies, finally. Right. It's like, Marvel's like, yeah, we, we made like 20-something in the same universe, and it worked great for us. Uh, also, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. You know, it's one of those things. It's funny. Uh, there's this, this football podcast I listen to. Um, and it's this guy who's like kind of a general sports host and he's partnered with a guy who you, who worked in a bunch of front offices for different football teams. Um, and he doesn't do it anymore. He just does, he does podcasts. He does like, like TV radio hits. He does writing on different teams and different front offices. He still keeps a lot of contacts with a lot of people because he worked in the league for so long. And one of the things he talks about when they do like their weekly roundup on Mondays on like the Sunday's worth of games is why did we win and why did we lose? And how hmm. so many so many teams don't understand why they win or lose, and it's the it can be applied to any business, you know what I mean? And it's like Sony, why are you being successful with these? Is it because you guys did a great <laughs> job, or is it because you partnered with people who've been crushing it? Like, right. just understand. I'm not saying you got to roll over and take whatever terms sure. Marvel and Disney give you, but just understand. That they're the kingmakers in this situation. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not because you're so great. You did the smart thing and went to them, or maybe Marvel approached them. Either way, 
you made a smart move in associating yourselves with them. Now, don't get filled with the ego of, that success brings and say, oh, it's because we did great. No, you've been the laughingstock of movie making for the last, like, eight years. Yeah. Understand the reason that you're so successful with that stuff is because you partnered with the people who know how to do it. So don't kill the golden goose. Right. <laughs> Just take the money and run. <laughs> yeah, like, ego is such a poison, man. And I, I, Listen, like, you're gonna have everyone's gonna have their thing. It's not necessarily a, sure. a bad thing in and of itself, but when you don't understand, like you know, you can I can feel really great about my ability to make beer and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can have a bit of an ego about that. The average person couldn't make a beer as good as I could, and maybe that's great, right? But I, there's other things like I, like I'm pretty good at like playing video games, but if I think I'm gonna go in and play a video game with someone who plays fucking ten hours a day. I'm going to get my ass handed to me. Like, understand your strengths and weaknesses and understand your strengths and weaknesses relative to the field, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, just understand if you're Sony that, yeah, you guys have made a lot of movies in your day, but from, like, the year 2001 until the year, like, 2018, you guys dropped the ball a lot. Yeah. Like, a lot. Yeah. So reassess the situation. (laughs) Understand why you win and why you lose. Well, be the better. only way to be better is to understand what you're actually good at and what you're actually right. bad at. Yeah. I'm, I, I mean, hey, man. I hear you. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other Disney Plus? No, I'm going to Disney stuff. Plus stuff because, um, I, I mean, I haven't really messed around with that. I did, did a quick look through the catalog to see what's up there. Oh. So, yeah. Everything that Disney has ever made or now currently owns, considering, like, my sister was looking through it real quick because she got excited and I told her, oh, Verizon, we got the free year. Yeah, guys. If you heard all this and you're interested in that, you don't want to shell out for it. If you're a Verizon customer and a cup customer of a couple other things too, free year of Disney Plus. And even if you're not, I think there's a free week of Disney Plus for anyone. Um, yeah, there's a free that. week. Was, it's Verizon Wireless with an <coughs> unlimited plan. Get yeah, you but there's other year. things too. I think signing up though. Yeah. As far as Verizon goes, I don't know what other what other outlets have have deals. The one thing I will say is I, I scroll through some of the like the original content stuff on there, and there's a Jeff Goldblum show, and you know I'm going to watch that. Oh, I did hear that. <laughs> uh, very excited to actually. I'll just listen to that guy talk for hours. Don't even. <laughs> don't know. It doesn't even have to be about anything. I could watch his his apartments.com commercial over and over again. <laughs> but those, uh, honestly, all right, so, those commercials kind of creep me out a little bit. It's they're weird. They're out there. Grandmaster out there. Uh, that being said, let's move on to some other news and nuggets. I Unfortunately, we weren't able to get the Death Stranding stream going. Uh, there was a series of events that prevented us from Curse you, going. Brian. Curse you. Curse you. Uh, that being Not said... Not because I, Death Stranding thing. Fuck you, man. I was so hyped for hours. You wanted the stake. Yeah. I, I, I understand. Uh, we'll make it happen, though. We'll make it happen. The... So I started playing Death Stranding, and this prompted the an idea, which I think as a group we should start doing these types of articles for the Spinchoon, and it is a series of first impressions. And I think without going too far into something, we should stop and reflect on exactly how we're feeling about this new thing that we're experiencing, because I think it could make for some interesting reads. Uh, and death stranding is no exception <laughs> and i've actually paused on playing it because i'm still considering writing it before before picking it back up because whoa what a game <laughs> hey man do it especially even if it's just like a quick hit thing you know what i mean yeah like, 
Brian t- trends towards writing shorter things, though he does also write some things that are on the longer side. It's just, for whatever reason, what interests me and what I tend to write tend to be much more it's longer, a longer form. form. It's just how I think. And, you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that when I seize on a topic, sometimes I can speak for three straight minutes. <laughs> and I realize I do it and I try to pick my spots. Um, but I've been thinking, there's been a couple of things I've thought about in recent weeks that I've like, oh, you know what? That can make for a kind of a cool, really quick thing. Cause I'm just not good at it. So I need to seize on the things I think of that would be like, oh, that'd be fun for like to write like 500 words on. You know what I mean? Cause right, 500 words right. is like two and a half minutes of reading. Um, and just to do it, to massage that muscle, to, to, to kind of convince myself like I can do it and like can be comfortable with it. Cause yeah. I sometimes think I was like, oh, I can write this in like two minutes, so like it'll be fine, like it'll be really short, and then it ends up being three times longer than I anticipated. It's like, whoa! And then I go back and like, you know, let me see if I can pare this down, and then like I edit out like three sentences. Yeah, and it's like okay, yeah. so this is still two point nine percent, or uh, yeah, two hundred ninety percent longer than I expected. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely. I, I'm with you on that. I thought the last thing I was writing. Uh, which should be coming out later this week. I thought it was, or, or today, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, it was, I was like, oh, I'm a, I, I don't have a ton to say here. And then I started writing. And then it was two and a half hours later. And I was like, oh. <laughs> well, that was what I went through writing about the, the Jack Ryan season two, the, the thing that, that should be up Wednesday. Um, like, I, I, I was like, oh, I can write this up relatively quick. Like, I, my thoughts are pretty concise on it. And, when I finished, when the credits rolled in the final episode of season two, I was like, eh, that was a little annoying. It, it let me down from how I felt after watching the first season, but I liked it well enough. And by the time like I sat down to think about writing it, I was like so furious at what they did with the second season. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know how it like built on me, like the, just like this rage built in me the more and more I thought about it. I was like, you know what? God damn it. It ended up being, there were sections of it that came out kind of like your rant on like building PCs versus like <laughs> gaming on consoles like not the whole thing but a lot of it yeah yeah especially like certain se- like sections of it it came out like t- at least twice as long as i expected it to be uh though i don't think it's quite as long as the retro review on mass effect but it's pretty damn long mm-hmm. um so if if anyone's interested let's take a look at that because i did let out a little bit of righteous anger at times uh threw out a, a few a few cuss words There's, there was um there was some strong language <laughs> at times tried to be professional but uh didn't always succeed uh <laughs> nice that they yeah, there's uh i always think what the the stuff that we're reflecting on that we've seen or that we've been uh that's like what's near and dear to us like those will end up being longer that's why i think a first impressions style thing would be short but it would also be fun because the perspective would be a lot different than than having sat with something for a long period of time uh which means i'm rapidly running out of time to write the death stranding one uh so that's death stranding it's bizarre it's crazy it's uh Super Kojima, like it's it's awesome. I I'm really I'm really excited about it. Uh, I feel like there's a good chance that that'll ebb and flow as I play the game, from what I've seen already. But man, if the cinematics in his game are not captivating, like they're weird. Don't get me wrong. Like I I watching this, like watching a scene, you'd be like, if you're like me, like I like this, but I could see why everyone might hate this. <laughs> like, it's not. It's not. It's it's very very unique, uh, in his own twisted way, and it's I, I I've been enjoying it so far. It can be hard to, it can uh, be hard but to anyway, that's that that's point, the though. quick note on Death Stranding. It can be hard to get to Say that again? point though, because like there's sometimes where it's like, oh man, I love this. Why doesn't everyone love this, or at least like it? You know, I mean, maybe everyone doesn't love it as much as me. But why doesn't everyone 
see the value in the thing. It can be hard, even if you can, like you said, this is super weird, right? And yeah. we've made no stranger, like we're, we're not strangers to that. Like we love weird stuff. We talk about that all the time. Um, and there's plenty of times where I'm like, oh, like everyone should embrace this. And there's, But there's other times you have to step back and like, no, this is super weird. I could get why some people wouldn't enjoy it or it wouldn't be for them. Although I've tried to make a better point in my own self thinking about things that I don't end up loving, but trying to understand why other people do. Mm. Uh, and it can be hard to get there. Um, but I, I think I, I've gotten better at it. I don't know if I'm good at it, but I think I've gotten better at it from where I was years ago, where it's like, eh, that wasn't for me. But you know what? The thing was made with like love and care and quality. Like There was a certain level of craftsmanship to whatever the thing is, whether it be a show, a movie, a, a song, a game, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Where I can be like, eh, not for me, but you know what? I respect the hell out of the process that went into this. You know what I mean? Weird and bad isn't the same thing as weird, not for you, but very good. And it's, it's <laughs> one of the things that's frustrated me with, uh, and I, I don't mean to harp on it all the time, but, we, it does, but it has been such a polarizing thing, in, it seems, something like The Last Jedi, where it's like, you cannot like it, and that's fine. I don't agree that you have to like the thing if you don't want to like it, but right. the people who are like, no, that movie sucked. No, the movie didn't suck. You were wrong about that. That's not yeah, really... I didn't enough. care for it. It's that's really not an opinion. Statement. You can say, hey, it, yeah, exactly. I, I didn't like it. It didn't work for me. But the thing is, if you watch the movie, it was unquestionably made with quality and care. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is a well-made yeah. movie that if it doesn't work for you, fine. And we can agree to disagree on even some of those things, though I don't, again, I don't really love the idea of making anyone's opinion wrong, though there are wrong opinions when they're built on (laughs) facts that you're holding as facts that aren't actually facts. But if you don't like a thing, just try to identify, did I not like it because it wasn't quality or did I not like it because it wasn't for me? And if you can sit down and you can back up and say, okay, this thing was well made, just not for me, then I'll never have a problem with you saying that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. Cool. Uh, moving on. Sonic trailer number two is out. I was thinking about bringing that up, and I was like, you know what? I don't know how long this episode or how much we're going to want to talk about all this stuff is, so I didn't end up adding it to the rundown, but let's go for it. All right. So I watched. I saw it drop earlier. I've, was it earlier today or yesterday? Whenever it dropped. I think it was And today. I was watching it, and I, 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 I was like, all right. Let's see what's hap- Let's see what this is all about. I was watching it, and as I was watching it, the smile on my face kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I don't hate this. I don't think it's going to be a particularly great movie. I think it's going to be entertaining, and I could. F- I feel like it'll be a great movie for kids. I think they'll really enjoy it. I think I will really enjoy it on account of Jim Carrey alone. <laughs> uh, I didn't actually watch the trailer, but I did watch a quick clip of a side by side of the original trailer versus what they've yeah. done since they updated it. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's way less disturbing to watch now. Yeah, it, it actually looks like the animated Sonic now. Yes, it looks like, you know, Sonic. Which, which was, it was an animated character to begin with, so what what happened there, is the, I guess, is the real question. Well, first of all, there was the Ben Affleck baby teeth. But second of all, um, there was a lot of issues with <laughs> And if you don't know what we're talking about with Ben Affleck's baby teeth, that's a callback to a great episode we did, was it about a year ago? Or at least a great segment of an yeah, episode so. we did about a year ago. Just look up Ben Affleck baby teeth online, especially if you can find the Ringer article. It's a whole thing. It. It, it's a whole universe. Yeah. 
It's the Ben Affleck baby teeth universe. The BBTU. <laughs> <laughs> the BABT. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I could do. Actually, did you? I sent you that thing right on, on Twitter. With, so good. With the <laughs> so good. It's a picture of Jean Ralphio uh, yelling, "She's the worst!" Yeah, into yeah. Ron Swanson's ear. But it's Ron Swanson is uh, colored over to look a little bit like Robotnik, and uh, and Jean Ralphio looks like Sonic. So it's really, it's really fantastic. Uh, it's perfect, actually. What, what did you? What did you prefer that? Or the woman screaming at the cat meme, but it was Anakin screaming, Obi-Wan holding him back, and it was Yoda as the cat. I I liked the the Sonic meme better because I think the other one is overdone, and I don't find it funny. Okay. The Star Wars version of it, I find funny. Well, that's what I meant. I just meant that specific. But the, uh, no, just the, the meme itself, I just I, it's just outplayed at this point. Well, all of a sudden, well, it's funny because you didn't really know it when we mentioned it a few weeks ago. And now yeah. all of a sudden, since the thing is, it's, that, it's that's, everywhere. That's not a new meme. That's been around for a long time. So I don't know why it got mm-hmm. super popular all of a sudden. It's like sand. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the issue I'm having with it is like in the last like week, probably 80% of the ones I've seen, they're not doing the meme right. Mm-hmm. It's like you've ruined it by like doing it wrong. Like the one about like the the girl who's walking with her boyfriend, the boyfriend's looking at the other girl. Like yeah. 80% of those were done right and that's why it was so funny for so long. Yeah. And now it's just like everything is is like slapped on it. It's stupid. Uh what other news and nuggets you got? Um actually most of mine was just what we're watching stuff cuz I had a few notes on the politician at least what I've seen to, to date. Okay. Um, and then I had a bunch of stuff on the Mandalorian, and then the only other thing I have was kind of not so much a new, but more like an odd little nugget. Um, I when I went to see Dark Fat the other day, mm-hmm. um, I was I got in, I missed <laughs> the first trailer or so, um, and I sat down, I was watching whatever, I don't even remember what any of them were, but I remember taking note. In the middle of all the trailers was a trailer for that Apple TV show C. Yeah, the Jason Momoa one, mm-hmm. and it just struck me as very odd to see a trailer for a new streaming show as yeah. part of the trailers for a movie. Did you see that one? Yes. Is that? Am I wrong in feeling that that's weird? Uh, it wasn't so weird for in my situation because it was like the pre-trailer trailers. No, this was like in the trailers. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, because I've seen some things for like TV or even like products or whatever as part of like the yeah, the. The pre like trailer thing. This was literally in the middle of all of the actual real trailer. Mm-hmm. I don't That's know why, weird. but that struck me as odd. Yeah, that is, it, it, it is odd. <laughs> it's it's a little strange. It's just like like screw it. We have money. Who cares? <laughs> I guess that must be what it is. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't like. I mean, it's really not that big of a deal. But for whatever reason, it felt like it was like crossing a line, kind of. They were like, we would like to play this trailer before Terminator. But it's a TV show. You can't do that, can't I? Huh. It did that's feel how little... that. That's how that conversation went. Yeah, it did feel a little <laughs> defiant. Like, yeah, no, no, no. we're getting in here. We're getting into this space that we're not usually in. It's like I don't know why I felt kind of like oddly protective. Like, no, no, this is where the this is yeah, where this the is my movie space. This is where the movies go. I love movies and I love TV. Do not put these two things together. <laughs> yeah, I, this is this is not your this is not your place to be. Why are you here? Yeah, that's that's that is strange. Uh, I thought you were going to say you went to go see the movie and the movie theater was closed. <laughs> that's, what I, uh, that's really unfortunate. That's thing. very sad. 
The funny thing is, I was like an hour away from looking at movie times. And then I just happened to see that on like Facebook. Like people who live in my area, a bunch of people share. You know, like I, don't, I know you don't go on Facebook too often. Um, and I really don't either. But if like a bunch of people that you're friends with share the same link, they all uh-huh. get stacked together into one thing. Oh, I, no, I wasn't familiar. That's been going on for a couple of years. And I was like, I was like, what the fuck? And I clicked on it. And I was like, since when? <laughs> it was literally that day the movie theater that I always go to or go to 90% of the time closed yeah. it's like yeah. 8 minutes from my house and I was like what the fuck man now man. I gotta go to the other one that's like almost 20 minutes away that's annoying <laughs> the, one, the one that's 3 minutes from my door closed recently uh, we've never been there together but oh. uh, uh, it's. I was like when I saw that it was boarded up I was like oh man that's lame and then I was like I can't be too mad I wasn't going there. Like, that's not nice. No, this is uh, the one I go to, like, Right, really it's, it's, it's yeah. your theater. But I was like, uh, I was like, I, I went on this, I had this roller coaster of emotions. I was like, man, that sucks. A little movie theater closing up. And then I was like, ah, partially my fault, I feel like. As a moviegoer, I wasn't going there. And then read an article that they're turning it into a brewery, and they're keeping some of, like, the, like, it's, I think it's called Final Act? Some, I don't know what it's called. Something, something along those lines. But anyway, it's movie-related and it's they're gonna keep some of the stuff there, and they're gonna play some old movies like at like at the brewery. So I was like, okay, you guys got this. <laughs> like, this will be good. <laughs> I guess that's pretty smart. Quite quite the roller coaster. Uh, like realistically, I guess I wasn't going, <laughs> <laughs> but because I still have my Cinemark, and I love it so much. I love it so much. Uh, any other news and nuggets before we get into our quiz? Oh uh, yeah, just I had one on the politicians. So you said you just oh, yeah, watching me. it, right? Yeah, like a few weeks ago. Oh okay. Yeah, so I started watching it, uh, I guess, on Thursday or Friday. Okay. Um, so I've watched, uh, I don't want to say Thursday because I wasn't doing anything. I was out Friday night. Um, yeah, I started watching it. Um, I, first of all, I guess I'll, the first thing I'll say is, this is very much not what I expected. Just based yeah, on weird. seeing the trailer on Netflix, <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a comedy. Yeah, and it's dark. While it is, yeah, while it's a comedy at times... It's pretty dark a lot of the uh-huh. time, and I was not prepared for that. Uh, <laughs> it is good. Um, you got the disclaimer I, in the first episode, though. Sure, um, but I like. I mean, like, like BoJack Horseman is hysterical often, despite also being dark often. But it like ping pongs between the two of them, and yet never feels like it's like giving you whiplash. Mm-hmm. It feels like it kind of seamlessly goes from one to the other. Um, and it can kind of have moods extending from one episode to another where it's not necessarily self-contained within one. Um, whereas this one feels like it has darkly comic things that like are interjected to just kind of be that pressure release valve thing. But it's mostly these kind of dark, like angsty ruminations on, you know, life in that yeah. whole setup. And... Like, it's fine. It's interesting. I'm enjoying it. It's good. I, I wouldn't say that I, like, completely love it. I do mm-hmm. like it. I'm definitely going to finish it. I'll be looking forward to another season if they're going to do another season. Yeah. Um, I just... It was just very much not what I expected it to be at all. It's strange. It's its own show, for sure. Yes. Um, well, yes and no, because the thing is, um, once I saw who, like, is like created the show, oh. it was Ryan Murphy. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this makes more sense now. Uh, because <laughs> yeah. I see a lot of elements of his other shows in this. Yeah, but I feel like this is like with like, uh, w- without any shackles, 
almost. I don't know. It's like it's 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 very strange. I I really enjoyed it. Well, certainly getting off of like a major broadcast network um, will give you more freedom. Netflix, yeah. you can basically do whatever you want on Netflix. Maybe even more so than HBO for certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like there's certain shows that lean heavily into like nudity and sex and stuff. You know what I mean? Even yeah. more so, like I said, maybe than than HBO even. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, like I definitely see strong Glee influences in there, and I never even watched yeah. the show, and I can see it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's sure. some other things too that I've noticed, but uh, I've I've definitely enjoyed it. It's just it's like oh, some of this is a lot heavier than I expected it to be. Um, also, it's a little odd in that. Oh, you actually, you know what? What I found seemed to me to be a heavy influence to this, despite that not being a Ryan Murphy thing, to the best of my knowledge, in any way, shape, or form, because it's a Ryan Johnson thing. Um, this reminds me a lot of Brick. Mm, I still haven't seen Brick. Okay. Um, there, just in the this surreal take on uh, California high school, um, where it's like a very wide range in the type of kids at the school um, on the like the rich to poor scale um, class is super important to both of those things mm. within a high school because when I first started watching it I assumed that this was just going to be like a super rich kid school okay and there's a bunch of super rich kids obviously but there's also a bunch of kids who are very much not that right um, to, to the point of even like kids who are like you would call like objectively poor mm-hmm um, so that surprised me. Um, and I, I, I guess it might just be a California thing because California is huge and there's a lot of huge towns and cities. Um, and, but yeah, brick, despite not being nearly as annoying to hear them talk is in brick. Um, they basically kind of speak their own language in that movie, mm. which can be frustrating at times. Sure. Um, especially when Joseph Gordon-Levitt's reading or writing or narrating, which is most of the movie. <laughs> Uh, some people love it about that movie. It actually frustrated me a bit. Hmm. Uh, but I see a lot of that influencing this show. Interesting. I'll have to watch Brick and get back to you. Well, just it's just like the level of sophisticated intrigue of like, these things are so above what the average high school right. is dealing with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. But I, uh, yeah, I dig it. And like I said, I'm excited for you to, to finish it out because it has a very strange... Uh, cadence with the way that it ends and uh, imagine will pick up in the next season because like I had mentioned in a previous episode the season kind of ends and the second to last episode and the first and the, and the last episode it feels more like a like an epilogue and a prologue like an epilogue to the season and a prologue to the to the next season it's very strange it's cool though well, I like it, the way they it's do funny it. because the first five episodes take place over the course of like a couple of weeks all right and I'm guessing the rest of the season will take place over, like, the whole rest of the school year. Yeah, it, it, it moves rather quickly. Which is weird, because it's such a condensed thing in the first half of the season. Yeah, it's strange. Uh, but I encourage you all to check it out and share your opinions with us at The Spinjune. Moving on, it is time for our quiz. Fun and games? Fun and games. What we're going to do here is what kind of Terminator are you? Okay. Okay? So. I thought it was going to be like, what horrific way is the Terminator going to kill me? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, this, should, uh, this claims to only be 10 questions, and they will hopefully move rather quickly. So, what do you think of humans? They are tedious, they are inferior, 
They are examples to us all. They are worth saving. They're okay. I have no opinions about humans. They're tedious. <laughs> They're tedious. All right. What type of weapon would you most likely carry into battle? Plasma rifle? A blade? I am the weapon. I would rather not fight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with I am the weapon. I like that one. What do you think of time travel? It's dangerous. It's advantageous. It's unnecessary. It's impossible. It's impossible. Okay. How evil are you? Really? <laughs> Extremely evil? Somewhat evil? Neutral? Formerly evil? Now good? Not evil at all? <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with formerly evil, now good. I like that one. What type of a computer do you use? A desktop, a laptop? I prefer a tablet. I'm off the grid. I am the computer. <laughs> <laughs> laptop. What is your favorite Terminator catchphrase? Come with me if you want to live. Hasta la vista, baby. I'll be back. Talk to the hand. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. It's got to be the last one. Yeah, I'm going to go with that one. It's got to be. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about robots? They're helpful. They're fictional. They're frightening. Sorry, could you read those again? They're helpful. They're fictional. They're frightening. I'm going to go with helpful. Okay. When getting dressed to go out, what's your typical style? Casual and comfortable? Motorcycle leather? Whatever's clean? Something stylish but functional? Formal dress. Say stylish but functional. <laughs> Formal dress it is. Wow. Which, uh, no, <laughs> which side would you rather fight for? Skynet or humanity? Oh, oh we're just getting down to it. Yeah. Um, well, I guess humanity. It's very black and white. What genre of music is your favorite? Rock, metal, electronic, classical, or hip-hop? Rock. Okay. Skip this and continue. You're a T-1000. Nice. All right. It's survival of the fittest out there. You're adaptable and always looking to improve yourself. In this challenging world, you're able to quickly and expertly adjust your tactics and your outlook in order to get results in any situation. You wear many faces in your daily life, but that means some people may find it hard to know who you are at the core. It's frighteningly deep. I was going to say, that got got deep and uh, and weird. (laughs) Weirdly weirdly accurate. Um, Oh, no. Um, that's the Robert Patrick one, right? <laughs> yes, From yes. Terminator 2? Yes. Call John. Alright, with that, let us get into our flick of the week. Terminator, dark fat. Sarah Connor and a hybrid cyborg human must protect a young girl from a newly modified liquid Terminator from the future. Uh, that's surprisingly inaccurate. Wait, uh, Sarah Connor and a hybrid cyborg human must protect a young girl from a newly modified... I mean, it's not inaccurate, but... It's, it's a little misleading, I guess. Yeah, um, I guess so. Anyway, uh, it's actually... This, that was the synopsis from IMDb. Uh, it's actually Dark Fate. Let's be clear. <laughs> That's the name of the movie. We've just been hung up on Dark Fat since the first trailer, when as soon as it came on, we were both like, oh, <laughs> because it... You just didn't want to see the E for some reason, and it, uh, it's like dark meat. Oh no! Like no. Whole... It, it started. With, it started with. It started with a, um, a headline to an article in on Twitter where it cut the headline, oh, and it perfect. just said Terminator Dark Fat, and that was what I brought that's... up when the trailer came out. And we talked about it. That's perfect. It's been that been that for months. We talked about it. And in fact, now that you guys are listening to this, you'll you'll already have known this. Um, even the title of this episode has left the E off. It is just yeah. dark fat, and it will be dark fat. Uh, 
Hammer Cavill. Uh, <laughs> immediate impressions. Uh, pre-spoiler stuff right now. Uh, what I had written down here, gave my little blurb, was it almost feels like a direct sequel by the same creator. It misses the mark on a handful of little things, but overall gave me the feels I hoped it would. Um, my tweet length review was, quality production in a The Force Awakens kind of way, clears out a lot of the crap, retreads the tires, and gets it back on the rails. Nice. Nice. I like that. Uh, I would say one of the things that jumped out to me early on, it doesn't... I, I never felt during the movie like it was wasting my time. Like, there was there was enough of... A, there was a handful of nods. I didn't get to write them down because I didn't bring any sort of pen and paper with me this time. What happened uh, to your little notebook? I didn't bring the notebook. Uh, but there was like there's a couple of, of nods, like, I feel like slight jabs at, at the reboot within itself. Like at like making fun there's like there's jesting about like the the crap that's been there and i don't it was it was it was clever and it was not overstated it was just there uh which i appreciated uh but the the movie doesn't waste your time at all it dives right in it's like this is the third terminator movie you know how terminator movies work let's get started that i feel like that <laughs> that's how it how it jumped in well there was certainly very little preamble and what i would say before we get to the spoilers though what i'm t- gonna say is leading almost directly to spoilers because the very first scene is wow mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i my my first thought in the first 90 seconds of actual screen time was oh we're gonna do it like that okay yep <laughs> um but right before that is they did the old retro Paramount thing, and it was like that was cool. Out, but it was like the like standard def like nineteen eighty four Terminator, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I like that. Like that's yeah. like speaking about like like redoing it, resetting the focus to being, hey, we're doing this again. It's like, oh yeah. Um, but I will say, if you've seen the first two Terminators, especially if you've seen Terminator Two, you've seen this movie. For the most part, in the same way, like I said, that The Force Awakens is basically a retread of A New Hope. But I think people are a little unkind to that movie. Yeah, no, no. It is a redo of that movie. But there is enough things in it that are new or different or tweaked to make it a different movie. But yes, if you look at it from 50,000 feet, it is kind of the same movie. And this is the same case. The difference being that at the end... <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I couldn't hit the mute button in time. But it would have been That's really fine. weird for me to completely just trail off there. At um, the end, and I just take over and start talking about something else. At the end, I was actually curious to see where this will go next. Whereas sure. at the end of Terminator 2, I assumed that was going to be the end. Of- yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and yeah, we'll get into that in... Um- in the in the spoiler area uh one thing i will say before we get there uh i it gets the tone right which was i think a big deal for me like yes. it felt it really did feel like a it felt like a modern day sequel to two it really did it felt like it in a lot of ways from the way that they told the story from the dark like the dark story that they're telling um a couple of uh the this the modern stuff is actually probably what hurts it the most i do think some of the effects are a little bit much uh which is weird to say because in the second movie they're better (laughs) it's it's funny some of them i feel like were like really good and some of them i felt like were not up to par with 2019 right it's like some of them look really good and then some of them you're like why is that person made of rubber 
<laughs> uh it's 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 strange it it doesn't it doesn't take you out of the experience fully which is fine uh which is good i should say uh one of the other things i will say the set pieces like the individual like the big productions that they like to put on for like fight sequences or like the, just the crazy things they thought up those things those pieces are really good and they're very entertaining yes for the most part i did think and and in addition to that um what i thought was cool was that each one tried to raise the stakes and yeah. lar- largely succeeded. Yep. Um, which which is kind of cool because usually, like sometimes that's not always the case. Like you get a big open and then things don't always necessarily live up. Um, I, like the structure of it as essentially just a really long chase, kind of in like the Mad Max Fury Road aspect, mm-hmm. where it's like like ninety percent of the movie is just one chase. Yeah, uh, is kind of cool. But they found a way to the oasises in the chase, right? Of okay, we're going to do a big thing now, largely felt like they were getting bigger each time and didn't feel like it ever got bloated, really. Yeah. Which is, is, is kind of tough to do. Yeah, it's, I, I feel like uh, if you compare it to Terminator 2, Terminator 2 has a lot of, it slows down, you get story, uh, a little bit of character development. You got the character development through the action sequences, and that was pretty much it. Like, it was, it was constantly moving, the movie. Uh, I mean, they did, they did pause a couple of times. Early on but like More i feel so like in, on, yes. in terminator 2 i feel like it's up down up down where this is just like dive right in progress the story and then full throttle to the end of the movie that's what it felt like i feel like too. I, maybe one more lull in there that i can think of but i won't well, get into the, that there was the one, there was the one major, <laughs> there was one major one before the third act yeah yeah uh anyway that being said i would probably like I, i'd probably give the movie like maybe like a six or seven uh, yeah that feels right it's entertaining it's fun uh if you like terminator there's no reason not to like enjoy this i don't think yeah um so that being said let us dive into post spoilers so here we are spoilers here on out and that being said that opening sequence holy crap so when before we all right we sat down to watch the movie uh and as the credit before the credits started i was with my buddies and one of them goes uh, is Edward Furlong going to be in the movie? Like, I don't, I, I ha- haven't heard anything. I, I imagine they'll address it. Maybe he'll show up later and they just like didn't want to cast him because it'll be something interesting. Um, I'm curious what they're going to do. I was like, yeah, me too. And then the movie started and then he turned to me and he went, that's what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> and which is what you were getting at earlier. I didn't see that coming at all. First off, okay, for a movie that has some strange effects, uh, I don't understand how they did those scenes because that was just them. Did yeah, they just I felt cut like I was, sequences? I felt like I was struggling to catch up because I was like, wait, how are they? Is this going to be a dream sequence? Are we going to come back to this? Like, wh- what is going on? Because I just right. assumed it was going to be like her waking up and I was like, oh, like, this is what I've like dreamed. Like, my, my nightmare has been every day of my life or something like that. Right. I was like, holy shit. And no. I didn't have any time to like sit and ponder and like, I, I certainly couldn't rewind it. I really would like to rewind it to see like, what did they do? Like, a de-aging? Did they have... Like unused footage or something, like right? How? That it, it seems more like footage that they cut the actual characters out of, blurred the lines around them, and placed them in the scene. That was kind of what I was expecting. I was wondering if this was maybe a deleted scene from Terminator Two, or like you said, if the character themselves were part of a deleted scene that they like right. reposted to a new thing. Because like it, it reminded me of when she dreams about like. Skynet going active and like the nuclear bombs and she melts and the whole world explodes and she wakes up like it reminded me of that I assumed it was a dream sequence to kick off right. the movie 
Right. And here's what here's what got me about that is we're uh, we're right now obviously we're talking about Sarah Connor and uh, John Connor, their younger versions, their versions directly after Terminator Two, uh, at that age. And what's strange about that sequence? So she's sitting there at the table. John's at the bar, uh, which is really silly. Funny that he's kind of flirting with an older woman. Oh, it's, it's funny, uh, but the they look exactly the same. They don't look like it's de aging tech. They don't look like it's uh, completely fabricated. Uh, there is a little bit of blur around them, which has me think that that's how they did it. Like it was like a cut of of scenery. The only thing that's weird about this whole thing is when the Terminator comes and murders John, it doesn't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, that looked more like in um, Salvation when they like did yeah. put him on someone else's body. Exactly, and that makes me wonder if like it's because they, like I, I feel like they probably could have figured it out if it was older footage that was like recut but it's just like that almost looked like they had a double stand in for him like it looked like a person it just didn't look like him that was it was very strange because the other two it was them yeah <laughs> so weird. I'm, I'm excited to listen to like a commentary or something on this to see like how they did that because that yeah, was really, i haven't had a chance really to cool. look into it but it is something i want to read because i'm sure by now there's got to be a couple of stories out there like hey if you've seen the movie figure out how we did this cool thing you know what i mean yeah. Now, uh, right before that, though, we got that they that was really cool. Like you had said earlier, they did the like the old school introduction uh, with like it made it look like a VHS tape, and I was like, oh, this is cool. And I didn't see it coming. And then when the voiceover starts, and you're actually getting the footage from Terminator Two when she's in the mental institution and she's talking about what's going to happen on Judgment Day, that was really cool. Which means like they what they did was because of the time, help you with the reset, help you understand where this lies in the timeline. They they basically the the opening sequences are are a cap on Terminator Two. Yes, and then there's also, a time jump. This made sense both for the narrative reasons of what they ended up doing with the movie, and also to put to bed all of the crap. And and it was a, it was a problem I always had with Terminator Three when it came out was how are we still doing this if we destroyed Skynet and. Mm-hmm. The fact that it, you know, it, we ended that future and it's a new future now is a sensible enough solution to that, right? But it also leaves the question of how do we do this if we're not going to bring back John Connor? I just assume we're going to get a, oh, he died off screen somewhere. Correct. But he wasn't needed to be John Connor anymore because that future didn't exist. This both shocks and awes you. It gives you a motivation for her to keep fighting even without him being around because I could see her retiring herself if yep. he was no longer around, just innocently no longer around. Um, and it also gives you the the impetus for all of this to be a thing, for this grudge. It justifies you bringing Arnold back because you're saying, okay, yeah, they just sent a bunch of them out into the world and one of them finally got lucky, even though it was no longer necessary. And it sets up this whole alternate situation where, oh shit, he has nothing to do anymore. He's just a robot that's succeeded in its core directive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was very powerful move when he kills John and then just walks away. Like he's done oh, yeah. now. That was I was like, oh, like it was it was heavy. I was half because they were at a beach. I was half expecting him to just walk out into the ocean and disappear. Right. <laughs> yeah, because like, like his job's done. Like he, like, like, like Carl ends up saying eventually, like he had no purpose anymore. Yeah, Carl. So <laughs> it would have been Carl. <laughs> so good. It would have been kind of badass for him to just walk out into the ocean and disappear. Yeah. Or just like it would, it shut off. 
just kind of <laughs> just just kind of laid out. <laughs> well, I would have been surprised if it was kind of well, think about it, like was it IG eleven or whatever it was in 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 the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I my my directive says that if I'm going to be captured, I must self destruct. Which by the yeah. way, I know we're going to get to that in a little while. It was great, but like. How great was that? You know, the, the starting the, and stopping of the so self-destruct good. sequence. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been interesting. But like, you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't understand if that was like part of its programming was whether if you think you're going to be captured, if you think you're going to be destroyed, or once you've finished your job, mm-hmm. blow yourself up so no one can use your technology against us, you know? Right. Yeah, that, it, that could have been interesting. What I... You know what's... So, okay, so we, we, we start to get into it. We, we do our time jump. We start to learn about some new characters. We get a, and we get our introduction of the two beings from the future early on. And what I really liked about it this time is we've done the Terminator so many times now. Even the ones that are being dismissed have done it to this, like to some degree in this way. Uh, and they've created this like language of, okay, these two things are going to come. And now, you know what happened in the first movie, you know what happened in the second movie. You're kind of excited to see, okay, what's the deal with this one? What makes this one special? Things have changed. What is like? How how are we going to work through this? Why is the human there? How did the human get, like? How, like why is the one the savior there? How did it get there? Why also, is the I, machine there? What can it do? Like and it's really cool. Before we follow that, then I have a question for you. I yeah, hit me. You expressed some concern with when one of the trailers dropped. Mm-hmm. You expressed some concern about Grace's character and how they were going to handle her. Did you feel that this live up to that or did it did it match your fears? Did it exceed them or whatever? I you don't were, remember what my fears were, do you? <laughs> uh I well, I think the core part of it was you were afraid they were going to do this thing where she is a robot, she isn't a robot, that she thinks she's a human but she isn't. No, a they human. they handled it very well. Okay, I agree. I just wanted to know what your perspective So here's was. actually this is perfect because this is what we're getting at is okay, so Grace is an enhanced human. There's no question. She's a human. She just has metal parts. Like, uh, computerized parts put into her. And uh, Unlike the Sam Worthington character. Right. Right. And she, uh, granted, she only has uh, enough juice to run through one fight. We'll get through that flow later. Uh, But... Which, well, actually, not not a flow. I actually really liked that. It was was okay. Uh, I guess it, it makes sense because we don't know how, I guess, how evolved this technology is of enhancing a human being yet. But well, I guess that's that, what it, it shows you the limitation of not being a robot, right? Of being a human who's been enhanced is there's there. If you're talking pure bio, you know, biology and chemistry, there should be limitation. There is always a limiting factor. It is one sure. of the guiding principles of all chemical reactions. If any, if you've ever studied any sort of science of chemistry, there is always a limiting factor. The one thing that tells you when a chemical reaction must stop because mm-hmm. of that one thing and it, something different for every sort of thing but there has to be a limit it's the whole point of human biology as opposed to something like a robot sure i just think that they could have it just felt the uh I, I agree that that makes sense and that they could do that i think the time frame that they gave for it was a little bit much you, for you just can certainly you can certainly quibble that part of it but the, yeah. the overriding principle of having that be a limiting factor i think is is a very smart design choice yeah i i almost think that it could have been uh maybe maybe not more interesting i'm not sure but if like if she has like a tank that's running out and like it's not going to be replenished because we don't have the means to do it in this time 
that could have been interesting too. Like she's sure. going to run out in a certain. But I, but yeah, I having the limit is is good. And I and here's why. Uh, what I liked about this is what I really this is my favorite part about this movie is that our hero they they put the two they put the two things together they put the jam and the sex together friends reference again from last <laughs> week they so she's in the first movie it's a human being in the second movie it's a reprogrammed robot in the third movie they put them both together and it's like give us the actual human that can think and feel and love and enhance them they put the two together awesome in the first movie the bad guy is a robot in the second movie the bad guy is a liquid robot in the third movie they put those two things together and it was awesome (laughs) the the rev 9 was awesome (laughs) i loved what it could do it was so cool and by like showing you pretty early on how this the separation doesn't make a lot of sense in the trailer you can't see what's going on it almost seems like it's two like nanobots or something right like 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 separation but it's not it's a it's a it's the hard skeleton with like the liquid layer over it which can then be remote controlled which was just a crazy concept and i thought that was so cool having both the t1000 and like an advanced 800 model like i don't know that was pretty cool i liked it too i i think that they they had a little bit and this is a relatively small quibble but i think that there was a little bit of a balancing issue mm-hmm. because when the solid body was left on its own it's you know quote unquote undestructible right but like what it it didn't seem to be as mobile and, or in, and also possibly maybe not even as smart either it seemed to have like a more primal intelligence on its own mm. which i liked but when the liquid body was on its own i think that half of the equation was a little too overpowered i think yeah, okay i would have been a little it would have been a little bit more compelling to show okay there's a strength to each one right like whereas like the the frame was a fucking tank and that one was flexible and moldable and can do so many different things right but it should have been at its most powerful when it's together. Yeah. And there should have been very well-defined limitations that we found out over the course of the movie, right? But there should have been very well-defined limitations to when the two sides were separated, right? Like, the two things shouldn't be equal to the sum of the parts, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would be on board with a with a situation where the liquid one is crazy powerful and smart, provided the other one is dumbed down at that time because it's promoting more of its resources to the other i get i I would be i think that would be a pretty cool concept or something like both of their intelligences are roughly half of what they are together like when they're together it should be super fucking smart right Mm -hmm. and then when either of them on its own it should be like the same level as like a baseline level as of a smart human on its own because the processing power is cut in half and on top of that like the rigid body should be a tank, but slower and, you know, I mean, maybe like less reactive. And the other one should be super malleable, right? And can do a lot of mm-hmm. things, but should be more easily affected by like small arms fire. Sure. Because it can close the gap so much easier. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, like some, something along the lines of promoting or demoting power between the two, even. Um, yes. Yeah, that would be, that'd be sweet. And it almost feels like they. For any of the times where one of them is very powerful and in frame, you're not really getting a lot of the other one. Uh, sure. So maybe it could have been a, it could have been a thought that was there, like to give them some credit that we just didn't really get anything on it because of like I, maybe timing or explanation was a little rough. But 
I like that. That would have been pretty cool. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, um, I think I think that they kind of did it a little bit. I think they just kind of slightly missed the mark of like totally nailing it. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, think like yeah. The, the kind of the framework was there for them to get that idea right. I think that it, it just left things a little bit out of balance. Where I felt like the liquid skin on its own was still too powerful. That there should have been some limitation to it when it's right. on its own. Right. Uh. So the, that being said, those those I loved those pieces. I liked what they did with the like the evolution of the hero and the villain. I think that was pretty cool. Uh, then we di- we dive right in though, like, like right after it's like, okay, here's your two people or here's your two beings, uh, and let's start the mission. And like, you get introduced to the new character, and uh, we're like off and running. And like within I don't know what is it like within ten to fifteen minutes, we're in that highway chase scene from the trailer. Uh, probably about 15 oh, maybe there was, like yeah. you said, there was the flash, there was the, the videotape for a couple of minutes, then there was the flashback for a couple of minutes, then it was establishing them, oh no, sorry, it was establishing, uh, Grace showing up, establishing the Rev-9 showing up, and establishing the, uh, well, actually, actually, I completely forgot her name, Jesus. Danny? Um, yeah, Danny and her brother and her father. Um, and them going to work, whatever. So it was probably 15 to 20 minutes till they were on the highway. Okay. What's crazy about that whole thing is, and this is where, so actually up front, I thought the trailer was showing too much until I saw the movie. So good on them. Uh, the tra- trailer ends up being actually a decent trailer, uh, without revealing too much. Well, they were smart too, right? Because I, I, I could be misremembering this and I know I did that last week, but, um, I don't remember seeing Diego in the trailer at all. Uh, the brother? Yeah. Yeah, no, he is... Actually, that's that's what's funny. He is in the trailer, and I thought he was going to be a more prominent character. Okay, I don't rem- I don't even remember him being in the trailer, actually. Yeah. Or maybe I didn't see the last trailer. Maybe that could have been it, too. Because at that yeah, point... Well, I just knew the, we the trailer with them, with them on the highway, like, he's in the car. Like, I, like he's part of the chase sequence. They've already met... Like, they already met up with uh, with Grace. Like, they're, they're moving, and I thought... From that alone, I just assumed he was going to be in the movie longer and be like a bigger part of like this brother sister duo. Oh, see, because uh, I saw so many other scenes from that you were easily identifiable as being later in the movie where he wasn't mm-hmm. in them. Yeah. Um. And and I don't remember seeing him in the trailer. I, the only thing I remember from the 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 uh, the chase was her on the back of the pickup throwing the right. rods and then him jumping and you can't see who's in the cab of the truck when that's happening. Mm-hmm. So I just assumed that it was. Danny and Sarah. Gotcha. Because you can see there's two people, but you can't see like because there's someone in the passenger seat. I think you may. Yeah, see it, in in one of the trailers, you you would have known they show they okay. they do show it. But uh, no, that that is interesting. Yeah, they they kind of they they buried that so that you wouldn't know too much about it, and then they they kind of rip you they rip him from you, which is interesting. Uh, and and it it, it creates like a, an annoying thing for Grace to have to like be like. I know you have to deal with this. I know you need to grieve, but we need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> Wait, uh, now, on that chase sequence, though, man, did that pay homage to the 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 cab of the eighteen wheeler in T two? Like, it just felt that that dump truck really felt like it crashing through walls and like flipping things over. I was like, this is really well done. Like, this is just a nice added twist onto that sequence and instead of it just being the two of them alone which had like a little bit of a horror aspect in terminator 2 i feel like when they're like yes in that like gully type thing and that but uh in this with like 
all of the collateral damage is just it's more of a spectacle but it is it's still intense the music is really well done uh it, it's i enjoyed that that was fun i was like and i i found myself numerous times throughout this movie like sitting on the edge of my seat getting excited like oh my god they're doing this awesome <laughs> so it's it's fun it's fun to watch uh and like i said with the trailer i feel like you never really get a sense that the um that the rev 9 that the other half of it is a hard skeleton. Um, what do you mean? Like in the trailer, like you never. Oh. Know, you, I feel like you never get to. You never notice that really. Mm, I, I don't remember actually. But so that was that was a surprise to me. I, so I really enjoyed that. Um, we we get on our way and uh, we meet Sarah and she had you know she has a couple of lines that are a little bit much. Uh, just to be throwbacks. The, the I'll be back was. While it annoyed me in the trailer, didn't annoy me as much in the context because they were paying so much homage to the to T two that I was like, this is actually kind of funny, <laughs> and I enjoyed it. And also just how how done she is when she says it, <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, um, I actually liked it in that. Con- I I'll be back. You, I remember you you, you you said it bothered you when we saw the trailer, and yeah, I didn't really feel strongly one way or the other. Um, I ended up kind of liking it the way it was done. Um, yeah. Also, I kind of liked that they do that call and response right to later when they're leaving the farm or whatever and carl says you know what did you say to your family he told them i won't be back yeah speaking of that i know he didn't tell them he was a robot but i feel like that was probably the time do you i don't know like hey um remember i told you that eventually my pass is gonna catch up with me um check check out this arm and he rips his skin off (laughs) you yeah you guys need to run you need to leave forever i won't be back you'll never see me again also robot yeah surprise i guess guess it's too much robot from the future surprise (laughs) yeah that's fair i like that whole i do like how like the immediate question that popped like she he's he's basically married with a kid the immediate question that popped into everybody's head was like really she doesn't know and then he immediately is like our relationship is not physical and i was like all right i guess we're, yeah we're just like he explained it well enough like if it's good enough it works sure <laughs> but that but was on the other hand there you have to have some question at some point like if only like i don't know maybe watching him getting in and out of a car or like you remember you remember uh, the movie's bad do you remember like the the x-men origins wolverine mm-hmm when he sits down on the motorcycle and the thing drops all yeah. the way down. And he goes, wow, you're heavy. He goes, yeah, I put on a few pounds recently. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that sort of thing. Like yeah, like when he gets a into a bed, it should, it should basically disintegrate. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, well, he doesn't like, sleep. You have to have some sort of question. Maybe he never goes to bed. Yeah. Like, never sleeps, never seems to need to shower. Like, you know, doesn't sweat. Yeah. Um, like, man, that size, that jacked. Gotta sweat. That's that's true. One of the things that I actually uh, my buddy shut me down on this, and I think he's right. But I was I understood like it's been years, and he's and Carl is learning how to be more human. And does that also apply to motor skills? Why that he wouldn't be as like choppy and robotic? Yeah, because he I expected him to be more stiff, and I always just assumed that was a limitation of the robot. But then uh, Chris was like explaining if you look close, and then I pulled up some pictures. Of, like, the shoulder joints and everything. It seems like it actually has all of the material that it needs to have the mobility of an actual person. And it just doesn't know the way to do it. Well, the other thing is, to think about, that specific unit was designed to be an infiltration. 
Yeah. So while the standard Terminator made in the future for the sole purpose of just being a shock troop to exterminate humans doesn't need all that, which is why they don't give it any covering, right? That's why they're just mm-hmm. the metal hull. Um, this one was specifically done with the pur- made with the purpose of infiltrating other humans, which means it has to move convincingly like a human. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess you're right, and I, I, he he's right too. Like it, over time, like he was saying, he learned to. Also, when he says, "I'm also really funny," cracked me up. Yes, really got me. That was a good line. Uh, not nearly as good as when he's explaining drapes. Uh, oh. it, <laughs> 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 that scene was incredible. Uh, yes. That, well, I so did that, kind of wonder about it too because, like, they made a whole point of it. Like, you know, to be using that as like a killing time thing is pretty pretty incredible <laughs> like for him it, to, you know, it could ruin the whole room <laughs> i mean like it should be easy enough right for him to learn like shouldn't he just be able to like access the internet and look at everything that's ever been written on the subject of drapes right to learn it like, you know, like and he's he just doesn't recalling. actually have to have any taste he just has to be able to you know maybe once a year do like a database search to see like what the current trends are and like just adapt to that you know mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> the uh on that note though like so they're in that hangar and he's he's given that whole drape speech they did this whole thing for just for the sake of like i feel like getting onto a military lot like we're gonna call this guy who i imagine is supposed to have more relevance than he does like is it i I always wondered like is it supposed to be the guy's son from terminator 2 i assumed that was the case actually you know what he his name was said right uh, I guess I had to. Let me see if it's in here. Major, Major Dean, is that him? Yeah, I'm. Mean, let's see. Um, I don't remember what, what wasn't his name Dyson. No, I don't remember. The funny thing is, I actually was watching. But anyway, what? I, so I, I was like, if that was the case, that'd be cool, right? If it's like, if it's the guy's son from Terminator Two, like, awesome. But they they didn't really they didn't fully acknowledge that or say that that was the case. And I don't think from the name, I'm pretty sure that's not accurate. Uh. But, uh... Yes, you're right. Dyson was the name. Yeah, Miles Dyson, right? Yeah. Was the dad. Or what I was assuming was the dad, but is not. Um, anyway, they did that whole thing. And it's like, here's, like, the one weapon that we can use against it. And then, I feel like that was just to get onto the lot so that they could do this ridiculous airplane sequence in Zero-G. And then they destroyed the tool that they could use because it's like, now we have to figure it out. <laughs> Well, that's that's the you know, it when when the Chekhov's gun is that blatant, usually like something goes wrong, right? Like yeah. either you use it and it doesn't work at all, or it only kind of works, or like kind of like malfunctions and you have to like finish the job or something like that. And how often is it something like, oh, that didn't work at all? Like we're gonna have to come up with a plan B. The, basically, they hey, he hands off the suitcase. The other Terminator shows up, and Chris next to me goes, "Turn it on." <laughs> I was like, huh, good point. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, they, they didn't, and they got bullet holes in it. But then we were afforded this incredible sequence where the plane is going down and they're floating in the air. And like, that was an awesome sequence. That was so much fun. Yes, that was really well done. The, the choreography of that was really pretty cool. Like, there was, like, like I said, there's this whole idea of like ex- escalating like stuff, right? Because you start with, I actually found the factory fight right off the bat to be really like exhilarating because it's mm-hmm. like chasing like he's th- he's throwing shit at, at at all three of them. She's literally throwing the people she's protecting. She's swinging that sledgehammer, 
fucking yep. shit up. They drop that huge fucking thing on him. We have to go. That won't kill him. <laughs> yeah. I just was... like, are, are you sure? <laughs> and then we, like, we escalate to the whole chase sequence, like you said. And then it goes to them being in the detention center. And what you know struck me about that was like there's some cool little things. But the big thing was when he gets surrounded and he turns himself into like the Iron Spider auto kill thing. Did, didn't that remind you of that? Remember? Yes. From from uh, yes, Avengers <laughs> initiating auto kill. Damn it, suit lady. <laughs> yeah, then he finally lets it happen in Endgame, right? And it's like yep. he's killing all the things around him, all like the 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 initiate insta kill. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was almost the exact same thing, right? Where all the 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 border patrol agents and everything are holding onto him, and he's like his like liquid self is just going step 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 step. Yes, now you all Oh my god, this is the auto kill sequence. And then you get to the plane fight. Yep. Batshit crazy. So good. Um, but really fucking cool. Well, like, what's crazy about that sequence? It, it's from from taking off with him attaching himself to the bottom of it, classic like T one thousand style, and then then throwing crates at him so that he falls off. Uh, Sarah pretty much hoping that it also gets Carl, but it doesn't. Uh, and, then, and then to the refueling jet coming, and then taking the other birds out of the sky. That was crazy. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure that's not how that works. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can't just, like, wantonly smack your airplane into a smaller airplane, blow it up, and there's just no consequences for you. Well, there were consequences. It it started to crash at that point, didn't it? Did it, or did he just decide to ram it into the jet? Oh, that's a good point. I'm not sure. It's unclear. I mean, it could have been a bit of column A and column B, honestly. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. But then, uh, yeah, so we're going on. uh, Oh, also, back back to that beginning fight, like you said, with the sledgehammer. Uh, then when his face grabs it, I'm like, oh, that's new. Yes. <laughs> that was... And that's the thing, right? Is show me something new because yeah. like, after five Terminators and like, granted, we assume like that they're going to like w- when they're wiping those things out completely fine, whatever. I have to say that I, I didn't have the imagination. I was like, what are they going to give us new? Are they just going to like co-opt one of those things or a couple of those things into doing and to a certain extent they did like you said they took one and two and they made it into a a, a whole new thing that's a combination of the two but you know what even if you're taking two things and adding them together that's still creating a new thing yeah yeah and they they did a good job with it uh uh especially giving it had personality and linguistics way better than the previous ones did uh for the most part yes It, it, it clearly flubbed early on and then obviously learned from there which was cool right? uh, yeah i like that like you you can see it's done implicitly not explicitly right where he shows up and he like totally botches it when he's talking to their father and then their boss and then by the time he becomes the border agent he's a, like he's got like a southern drawl as yep. he's like like schmoozing these two cops who show up to try and get a helicopter from them and it's like my whole body is oh. a weapon yeah, my body's a weapon. Yeah, so is this mind, I guess. <laughs> Save it for the ladies. That was such a stupid line. Uh, the what? The only thing that I was actually thinking about while he was able to take on like the shape shifting thing and become other people was after learning that he has the hardened robotic skeleton underneath. I was wondering if like height are there rules? Like, can you? It, like he's got it. He can only do something that's bigger than that skeleton, right? Like, how does this work? But, yeah, he should never be able to be smaller, right? Like, he should never yeah. be able to be a child. And uh, I guess that's never really. It never really comes up. But also, if you really look at it, that other skeleton is actually really skinny. It's a very like it's very slender. So I, I guess it gives him a lot of room to. Yeah, but, but now I'm picturing him trying to copy a child, and someone realizing it's wrong because like, why is that child six feet tall? Oh my god, 
Why is that child dimensionally correct, but six feet tall? It's no, it's actually exactly right, but it's the metal legs are coming out of the feet, <laughs> like a suit that's too small, <laughs> like fat guy in a little coat. No, I think it, I think it'd be great if it was like just like like a like a like a supersized child, but it's like that's <laughs> not right. I, and then like and then it realizes, ah, I see, I've miscalculated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh no, no, note to self: Don't do this again. <laughs> so, so back to the plane. Plane's going down, uh, and we see the dam, and the plane's about to crash. And Chris turns to me and goes, "Damn!" And <laughs> again, he's really he's he's killing it so far with his comments that during this. Pretty, that might be that might be the funniest thing Chris has ever said, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty good. And then uh, then we get the sequence within the dam, and it was like both the early on sequence in the car factory and the sequence in the dam, very reminiscent of the final fight in Judgment Day, just a lot less fire. Uh, just the as far as like the set is concerned, like just the industrial the, set that they're on. The, there was still some fire. There was there was some fire. <laughs> Uh, that sequence though, when they, when they're like fighting both of the robots, like both, like the liquid piece and the hardened piece, and like, they're all attacking it from different angles and like with the chain, even though they ruined some of that chain sequence stuff in the trailer, that was really cool. That was a fun fight to watch. Yes. Well, cause there was that. so much going on and like, that was unquestionably something that they've gotten as a as like a notable improvement and it's something that they should be able to figure out with like Tim Miller has done some really badass action movies mm-hmm. um the choreography of having two actual terminators one of them in metal form one of them in Schwarzenegger form um Mackenzie Davis who's playing a superhuman um the liquid body of like of G- Gabriel Luna who's being you know essentially a, a superhuman plus like you know just the liquid version the T1000 version whatever plus a badass human and a human who's becoming badass. Right. All of them fighting together. It's a lot of plates to be spinning in the air all at the same time. And they did that really masterfully to do it in like a really like dynamic and energetic way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was, it was, it was again, along with uh, most of the other, it was a spectacle. Yes. Uh, there's something special there. And, uh, is this the, the sequence of events leading to it? And then getting the, I don't know, if, I don't remember if it was towards the, if it was in this place or earlier, when we get the flashback of how, um, how Grace actually knows Danny was really. It was on the plane. That was a cool, that was a cool way of doing that too. Well, you knew that that was likely to be the case because they were not very subtle in the way that they were intimating. Oh yeah. Like, like the way they kept saying, you know, where she's like, oh, you're me. They don't care about you. They care about your womb. Right. It's whoever you're going to birth, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. It, it was, and like, it was a little heavy handed. It was heavy because on top of how like hearty it is the way that she like sounds when she says it, like there's the very pregnant pause as the camera is locked on Grace's face as she's not agreeing or disagreeing where right. it's like, okay, so that's probably not the case then. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's gotta be her. It's gotta be her. Now, the specific aspect of Grace not just being a generic soldier to be chosen, the specific nature of their relationship. Is that was cool. the cool part. Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah you're, um, you're right. The rest of it was obvious. That yes. piece of it was a nice added bonus because you can't know that. Like, you can't even pretend that you guessed that. That wasn't there. There was no information about that until those sequences. Um, no, not to that level, for sure. No. Yeah. Which not I, to the, I, I the like level that. Of, of the intimacy of their relationship. And also, to be perfectly honest, 
um, it's ballsy to ultimately kill Grace off. Yeah. Considering the nature of their relationship, to what that's going to do to Danny in the short amount of time, and also to show you the the full level of devotion of Grace. You know, you can already assume a certain amount of it, right? Knowing that she volunteered mm-hmm. to come. Um, but to understand that she wasn't just a, a soldier for the cause, someone who's willing to be a martyr, specifically someone who's willing to lay down their life for someone they love. Yeah. Um, that is pretty powerful in and of its own self there. And it also leads to like something I had mentioned, um, and I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, why I'm interested to see where this could go after this, is there's one specific line at the end, right, where she... They're at the school watching Young Grace, right? Yeah. And she says, I'm going to, like, I forget what she says. I'm going to fix her. I'm going to do it right. I'm not going to lose her again. I'm going to let her die for me again, I think she says. I'm not going to let her die for me again. Yeah. That's a cool concept to me because, remember, the way that they kicked off the movie was you guys messed with the future by destroying Skynet, so the future you expected to be birthed isn't going to happen now, which means that all bets are off. Right. So the rules are different now. John Connor doesn't have to survive, right? right. Because you've changed the future. Um, and so in the same way, this is giving them their opportunity to say, we've, I, actually, I felt it was like a little bit meta, right? In the past, we allowed the future of the franchise to be fucked up. We're going to do it right now. And here is the third for how we do it. We have changed the future. Let's, ch- let's, pull on the thread of what that looks like in the future now, rather than having to reset the past to match it. Right. Right. Yeah. It'll, it'll be, it will be, it'll be cool to see how they go or if the, if they go, I mean, I assume they will. I think you could, the thing is you could end it here and you could say, um, you could, it, something's it going to happen it, in the future, regardless of what we do. And like, we'll have to deal with that as it comes because of like the things that we're going to do. But or you could explore it, and either way, I feel like it would actually be fine. I'm not. I wouldn't be overly concerned if nothing else came out, and if something, if they did decide to make another one, if these people decided to make another one, I'd be on board. Sure. Yeah. No, that's an important part of it was because that was the mistake to begin with, right? Yeah. Entirely different people came in to do it. Absolutely. Um. So yes, if we can get James Cameron and Tim Miller and Linda Hamilton, although I guess I suppose at that point she could be her character could be dead, right? Yeah, but, it could um, be. If we get Danny back like you can't continue to tell that story without her at this point right, right. um and I, I i would like mackenzie davis to come back too um because if we're gonna do the future she'll be quote-unquote alive again right right and, uh, <clears throat> um, also, although she was I, awesome she really is <laughs> uh, she, she's pretty awesome in general like i've mentioned before um she drove me nuts early on in halt and catch fire mm-hmm. but like her character is supposed to mm-hmm um, and watching, she had the best arc on the show because, well, her and, I guess her and Joe both had really good ones, but her, hers was more organic. You could see her change over the course of it in a more real organic way than, than he did, um, from what she was in the beginning to what she became at the end. And even though she was a very different person at the end, it never felt like she was like rewritten. Like it, like there was very obvious and tangible growth from one point to the other. She's a good actress. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I wasn't sure if she could do was this sort of physicality of this role and still maintain the vulnerability of being a human. Mm-hmm. And she managed to match those two 
parts of it. I mean, I guess part of what makes it work, the physicality part of it, is how tall she is. And which was why it was funny when she was down and she needed her little, like, cocktail to bring her back. Right. When, like, when <laughs> when uh, Danny and, and, um, and Sarah are trying to, like, hold her up, it's like, oh my god, she is so much taller than them. Yeah. And, like, you're used to seeing that with, like, like guy actors and like to see like like it's three women but one of them is like towering over the other two of them yeah made it much more convincing that she would be this like superhuman soldier mm-hmm. um i don't know why like it struck me as like kind of a funny thing and on top of that like you know from a character perspective she has all this metal and whatever in her now too so which makes her quote-unquote heavier even though she's very skinny in real life yeah um but you could tell like she put on enough muscle she looked convincing doing i mean obviously there was some cgi times there was some stunts stunt doubles and shit i'm sure too but in general i thought she did a really good job of balancing the humanity of the character with the physicality of being a super soldier well but also with the emotion of like no bullshit like early on she's wrecking people like it's like I, because she doesn't have time for this which i think is really i think was a really cool take on it also when uh I that scene it was a uh, it was funny and then it got cringy. Uh, was when they, she's like on the table, like the operating table in the uh, uh, the, ta- the like the detainee center, and they're like, "What the hell? How, like, who did this to her? Like, when because they, they're looking at her through an X-ray, and then she like yeah. gets up and tosses them all around, knocks them all unconscious, and then has that, like, just that very awkward line of, I didn't give you permission to look at my privates, or, like, who gave you permission to look at it? was just like, this is so weird. <laughs> like, we get it. Like, just don't, don't do, that was just strange. <laughs> it's a very odd line. Uh, but, no, uh, it was, uh, I liked that, though, like, how, like, earlier, like, when she's, when she lands, right? When she just gets there, and she's chucking people aside, like, yeah, like, these are good guys, but it doesn't matter. Like, because the mission is way more important. Like, she doesn't have to be overly human about it. She has to deal with what's going on, like, as soon and as quickly as she can. And I think that was a pretty cool uh, a pretty cool way to do it. It's, like, the only way to make that work where it's, like, not... Where, you, where you're giving the character, like, the okay to do it is she's operating in, like, a way to save the world, even if she's doing the thing that the Terminator would do where they just kill this thing because it's just a... It, they're a machine and they don't care about the person <laughs> like i don't know there, there was a nice balance there but it was pretty awesome i did also at one point during that i was like well i think it was along the lines of when she, when they picked her up like you were saying i was i turned to one of them and i was like so she's upwards of 100 feet tall is what i'm getting <laughs> uh which is pretty crazy but uh no it's it, it just a great character all around really cool um linda hamilton's return was awesome too uh i feel like she did a good job with with where that character would be given the circumstance. Yeah. Like the uh, I, although I think it was a little bit too on the nose of I kill terminators by day and I drink by night. Yeah, that was the that was on the nose on account of they said it more than once. I feel yeah. like uh, that was that was a that that piece of it was a bit much. Although I did like the whole why are your phone inside of potato chip bags? I like potato chips. And then later, how did you track me? He goes, "If you want to stick your phone in a potato chip bag, Go for it. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty. That was okay. So that piece was a little bit strange to me. I didn't fully understand what was going on there. What do you mean? So him knowing when they're sending, like, is it just some connect? I forget. I did. I feel like they explained it, but I didn't grasp what they said. Does he have a connection, like, to the network? Is that why he knows? I think it was 
part of what was pre-programmed was because remember he was given like dates and locations because they, remember they're in the future so there's certain bits of information they know they're going to be at x place on y day you know what i mean yeah so i think he knew all of those things ahead of time but it's also possible that he knew what to look for from a like he knew how to program himself to know what to look for for when they would be sending them back i Yes, even though it's a Actually, different you know company and a different that network must have now. Been, well, I was going to say, he, I, I guess technically he would have, um, maybe the first couple of them he would have known ahead of time because it was pre-programmed, but the whole thing, like he said, there was a shockwave when I killed John, where like, I understood that the future changed and I no longer had a purpose. So I suppose, I, I'm guessing what I would guess was just, he probably set himself up to look for exotic Like anomalies or something. Like... Like, I think, I guess he could probably, like, monitor what the current state of, like, technology is in any given time. Right. And say, whoa, there's something that's broadcasting that is just not of this time, okay. and it's over here. So let me send Sarah a text, and she'll figure it out. Okay. I think I can get, get on board with that. That's fine. Um, yeah. That, uh, that, so the, the last thing I had here was uh, when he's, when he helps to kill the Rev-9, and basically mm-hmm. putting melting himself in the process. Uh, when he says for John as he does it, I was like, hell yeah. Like, that was really cool. Like, it was that was his whole character arc coming full circle of like, no, like, I'm I'm building a conscious, a conscience. And like, that was, that was pretty cool. But it was also a great sign-off considering that was what how he signed all the texts, right? Yep. He signed every text for John. And like, I don't know how this person knows who I am, what I am, you know yeah. what I mean? why I fight and do this. Um, I do think it was a little bit funny. Like, it felt a little bit like, like, oh, you're so cute. Figure it out. It was like, you know, after I killed your son, I felt like you needed a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> good good <laughs> job, little human. You know, you go off and kill those Terminators. You did good. Yeah. For sure. Um, there was a couple was... Of, of lines that I like. More of like the one-liner thing. Um, there was one of them where Grace had the phone and, and someone asks, what are you doing? And she just goes, future shit. Yep. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know why. I got, I, I got a good chuckle out of that. Um, I'm pretty sure I said, one was eh, nice when that happened. <laughs> yeah, there is, it, it, it was an entertaining movie. Like, there's no way around it. Like, it was fun. It was, an, it was a good watch. It's not the yeah. best of the series, but it's far better than what they were churning out before it. No, for sure. Um, like I said, I, at the end of any of the other ones, didn't care... Right. What happened next for any of them? And and to be perfectly honest, I was always very just. I was just confused about the existence of three. Like it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. And I will say, the explanation of, okay, we destroyed Skynet. So instead of this program, we had an AI. Like it is a little bit of a cop out. Mm-hmm. But again, it has to. Like if you want to have Terminator, you kind of have to have that thing. Right. Um, but it speaks to what I mentioned a couple weeks ago when Dominic was on the show with us when I was talking about the idea of the future of humanity may always have to be that. Like, you can call it by a different name, you can tweak the details of it, right? But right, like, but this is where it's going. This is, it can be five years, it could be 50 years, it could be 100 years, it could be 1,000 years. Our future will always be headed towards that path. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something com- there. There can be something compelling to that thought process, and it's all in the execution of how you do it. It was. It was in. Like I said, it was heavily a part of Mass Effect. Um, 
and and when I was done with the Mass Effect series, what I, I felt was it must have been heavily inspired by the Matrix trilogy because it tackles a lot of the same things with that whole idea of the cyclical nature of all this stuff, the, the idea of inevitability, right? Because that's the thing that Agent Smith keeps talking about, right? That's right. the sound of inevitability. Um, and the architect talks about how we tried all these different versions and you keep coming out of the Matrix and we do this thing over and over again. And for them, it was essentially like a rounding error of a mathematical equation, right? You're just the one thing we can't account for. There's always going to be some error on the end of it and it's gonna be they always miss some mundane detail there's always some mundane detail in the programming um until we figure out to fix it and that was what how the the matrix ends right is they finally made the other choice the choice that they didn't expect him to make Mm -hmm. um and it's all of those things flow back into it's always humanity's ending to have to move towards ai and towards self-destruction can we do it differently right yeah, I feel like this is the first time where they're, and you know what, it does kind of show. So like, I feel like it's the first time where they're like, okay, let's 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 pump the brakes on trying to prevent this, and like like let's get prepared for how we're gonna end it <laughs> like when, yes. when we get there, which is a, a cool concept. And then the other thing that uh, dawned on me after when the movie ended was, I feel like this is the first time where we did the the future jump, where we're in the future, and there's a bunch of Terminators, and while they're still very difficult, we're also kicking their asses, like here and there like they they have weapons that can defeat them like pretty quickly and that was only i feel like we've never seen that but i could be wrong well that well that i guess is the very subtle difference right between you know and some people complain and somewhat justify and that's why i made the reference of the force awakens right of a retread of the same thing right the future still ends with us fighting these murderous robots that you know they maybe it's just that's what the perfect design is right but they look quite similar um but there is a subtle difference between, but it is a difference between Skynet launching nukes and killing 99% of humanity and exterminating the last couple and essentially a civil war between humans and robots in which every battle feels like it could be the last, but we aren't necessarily on the brink of extinction. That it's, it's, a, it's close to a fair fight, if mm-hmm. not exactly a fair fight, as opposed to, you know, a mouse fighting a lion. That's an important distinction. Um, yeah. And you're right. Um, they, the Terminators did feel maybe 5% more vulnerable. I actually always had an issue with that in all of the Terminator movies. Um, you can make them really fucking hard to kill. I don't like the idea of them being invulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, you know? I agree. I agree. Sweet. That's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at spintune.com or tweet us at the Spintune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Bielsi. Thanks for coming out. The Mandalorian was quite the treat. Yes. Uh, as expected, as we as, from the trailers, the production value way high. Uh, the scenery with, with with one very small quibble. Which one? Um, it feels obvious, and and it's possible that this will change in future episodes. But every set felt like a set. 
it it did feel like they were shooting in Star Wars World in Disney. Yes, every like, every or most of the sets felt very small and artificial. Like it didn't feel like kind of like a lively world per se, despite the fact that I was very appreciative that they were all physical sets with real human beings. Yeah. Albeit some of them in costumes, right? Walking around as opposed to everything being CGI in the prequel ones, right? I really appreciated that all of the things physically existed. The steps he's walking up and down, the doors he's opening are all real things and real people walking around in real clothes and prosthetics or whatever. You know, there may have been like one CGI character in the background somewhere or something like that. Like, that's not really the end of the world. Right, but, but I appreciated that it all felt real, but a lot of it felt like backlot sets. For so. sure. I, but I, I do think I will be curious. I won't, I won't harp on that for too long because I'm curious where it'll go. Like, like you said, because where the things take place, they are in kind of desolate areas uh, and almost, it seems by design. So I'm not yeah, sure. Well, it's kind of like the concept of what we discussed with Thor, right? Where like, they just decided to have it in like an open field in like this tiny abandoned town. Because yeah. It's just cheaper to do it. And mm-hmm. the other thing I'll say is, to that point, it's a trade-off I'm willing to take if the CGI that they do choose to use continues to be as strong as it's been. But yeah. If they have to make that conscious decision of we're going to have real practical sets, but most of them outside of maybe two or three set pieces over the course of the season... Mm-hmm. are going to be where we save our money so we can have excellent Star Wars looking CGI. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think what was really, what really got me was just so much fan service in the costumes, in in the practical effects, in the in the puppets and Muppets. Uh, like, the, like there is, there was a sequence there where uh, that annoying alien thing that is in Jabba's palace is just roasting over this, an open fire. And I was like, that the, is this, amazing. The salacious crumb thing? Yes. And I was like, this is... Like, that is hilarious. Like, that's really the funny. Thing, I actually looked it up because I remembered that that was its name, and I don't remember why, because not like anyone ever says it in the movie, but I always uh-huh. remember it just because it's a ridiculous name. Yep. But it's a Kowakian monkey lizard. And and it was very uh, very much like the Porg situation, where one is in the cage looking at the other one that is on the fire roasting. And I was like, oh, it's boy. It's great, too, because it starts with the character, or the camera zoomed in on it on the, the roast, and then it's like pulls out, and you see the one in the cage. Yeah. But as soon as it zoomed in, I was like, I just I immediately laughed out loud like just one loud like ha because yeah because I was like Same. that's one of those things yep <laughs> exactly uh, a couple of other things the speeders awesome the the one speeder with the droid on it the land speeder with the droid on it and then he turns it away and then the other one comes and it's literally falling apart and yes. it's Bert from Big Bang Theory driving it like it was it was pretty no, was, you know I I've seen him in a bunch of things he's in so much stuff uh, but that was that was pretty cool. And uh, I think one of, of my favorite scenes. Up. Say again. Oh, I was just, I was, there was a handful of people who had bit roles. The, the, that first blue alien uh-huh. was Horatio Sands. Okay, I was wondering who it was. I didn't get a chance to look it up. Well, I had to look it up because I was like, I this guy feels familiar despite he, yep. being under all this stuff. And I looked him up. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I never would have guessed that. <laughs> the uh, when they so that that whole western scene in the bar is awesome. That that mm-hmm. that opening sequence. Uh, the coolest part being though, when he grabs that guy by the ankle, and I know we've seen it in the trailer, but we haven't seen it played out the whole way. And he pulls it in through the door and closes the door. And the way they put the camera so that when it closes on him, you see his legs flop off. Yes, that was real. The way they shot that was really cool. And then that was just the first of many scenes that I was like, 
this is shot really well. Like I just, I just like the I liked the cinematography a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, the funny thing is, is it's like somehow John Favreau has become the go-to on like big CGI yeah. stuff, right? Lion King, Jungle Book, Iron Man stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there might have been something else he's and then now fucking Star Wars of all things. Yeah. What about what did you think about that uh, the opening sequence, like that Star Wars introduction? I kind of like that. Oh, with the diff- like fleshing up the different like faces of like, yeah. different characters. I thought that was really cool. I thought like that was kind of Star Wars's answer to the Marvel thing where they've had like their opening with like you know whether it was like the flipping comic pages or like like the different like yeah the, the one they've done for the last few of them where it was like all of them in the action scenes from different movies that they've already been in. I thought that was cool um, doing that, and then they like well <clears throat> even though I used to love the the old school you know the THX you know, yeah. And the Lucasfilm and this and that. I like the silence with the Lucasfilm flashing up in silver. Mm-hmm. I've actually really liked that that they've been doing for a few years now. Um, I like that it opens with all that. And then they still give it a little title card of the Mandalorian and all that. Um, I think his armor looks great. I think it's going to be really cool if they continue on that storyline of as he goes through the course of it and kind of fully actualizes as... A Mandalorian to continue adding to his armor with the added Beskar steel, like you know mm-hmm. where like she gets a piece, she makes him a pauldron, and he's that much more like one percent closer to or however you know five ten percent whatever it is closer to being right. the true manifestation of the old glory of the Mandalorian Empire. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I'm, I was surprised to see that it seems like they're going to dive really into that idea of what being a Mandalorian is because people have been so infatuated with it. And we've gotten a decent amount of it actually between the Clone Wars and Rebels of them trying to chart a new future for themselves but struggling between what a new future looks like and what our past was, the old glory days, but how those glory days didn't necessarily serve us well in Mm -hmm. the end. Um, To get into what it means to be... A Mandalorian when Mandalore barely exists anymore. That the the wars with the old Republic and then trying to deal with their own internal civil war alongside the new Republic and then what allying themselves with the Empire devastating them again. Like that they've always chosen wrong and what it would like. It seems like they're trying to get back to basics to see what that would look like. Right, and it takes. A relative outsider. I don't know even if technically he is really, but it seems like he was adopted by the continuing tribe of them. Mm. And like that idea of an outside convert being the most ardent supporter of them type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, that could it, be a, it's a cool way to look at it. For, for sure. Yeah. Like, Cause that was, that was one of the things I was kind of trying to understand about like the, what they call him a foundling. Yes. Uh, so it was like, so is he being, was he brought up as one, but not actually one? That was one thing. I uh, believe it, that's what they're intimating, yes. Right, so that's that's cool. Then the other thing that I, I, it's, I don't know if it's like a nod or if it actually means anything. When he goes to ride that creature and connects, connects with it, uh, similar to the way that Ezra does, I thought that was interesting. And I was like... Well, it would make sense because Dave Filoni directed the first episode and he's kind of the one B to John Favreau's one A because he is sure. kind of the keeper of the keys of all Lucas driven lore. Uh he was Lucas's protege. We've mentioned him a few times on the show. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who has run all of the animated shows. He took the reins on Clone Wars from Lucas, 
He was in charge from start to finish of Rebels and with Resistance as well. Yeah, I, I just wonder if it means anything or if it will come to mean something. Well, I don't know if it'll be a direct connection per se, but I don't believe that you're out of turn to say that there is, at least from a viewer perspective, meant to be a mirroring of that. And the fact that Dave Filoni directed the pilot, I think, speaks to that fact, considering he created every aspect of right. Rebels. Right. Yeah, that's... Uh, it, it, it. It was really cool. Now, the other thing that uh, I really loved about it, so from costumes to set pieces, there's just a lot. There is so much in here that is just like stuff that I've pictured, stuff that I've had toys of, stuff that I've played in video games, things that I've looked at in comics, like brought to life on the big screen uh, or the the small screen, but it's very big in this situation. (laughs) What? That's why I said when we mentioned it very briefly before, it looks, it feels, it sounds right so yeah. far like you can't really discount that just they nailed the aesthetic and yeah. that's a big part of the battle right mm-hmm. absolutely and I think the most in that sequence on the at the end where he's working with that droid and they're they're kind of they're teaming up and they eventually take that heavy repeater type thing and he he like takes the way he takes control of it and then jumps onto it I was like oh my god what is that this is so good <laughs> Well, you know, it, they, they give you some little fun stuff with, like, gunplay, right? You know what I mean? Especially, and, like, seeing them play off each other, the idea of the human badass with the killing machine, the literal killing machine. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks cool as hell as it's Oh, yeah, that motion animation. was awesome. I always wondered how, and I they have, they've shown a snippet of that in the trailers, right? Um, but I always wondered how a, quote-unquote, actual like badass battle droid like we've seen the battle droids in the prequels and they largely were pathetic outside of like the super battle droids roger but all of them were meant to function in like big formations i always wondered how ig88 on his own right would work because especially like when at the time that that character was created was at a time where c3po was the only humanoid and like his ilk were the only ones that we were familiar with and they're so frail Mm -hmm. at like to see one in action it's like oh now i get it Mm mm-hmm yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. Uh, that that whole sequence was badass. And then uh, we get the we get the the spoiler, right? So the, you got what I you got, did you get what I was trying to like convey? To yeah, you? it's 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 big, but we don't know what why or what the implications are. It was built, and now if you're listening to this and you like you like we're getting serious spoilers. This is the, the final episode. scene of the episode. We we mentioned a few weeks ago when we were talking about it that there was a news story saying that. That the advanced screeners didn't get 100% of the first episode because there was a massive spoiler for the Star Wars universe in it. I don't think... Now, maybe I could be wrong. Over the next seven episodes, maybe this changes entirely when we understand what the importance of this specific character will be. But when they said that, I assumed it was going to be like... We were going to unveil the like some aspect of the nature of the Force. Right. You know what I mean? Where like something that we didn't ever understand was going to be clarified for us. Like, oh shit, that affects everything we've seen and everything we'll see from now on, right? Right. Like, or some character was going to show up, whether I, I was really hoping it wouldn't be the case. Like, maybe Boba Fett was still alive, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or maybe, like when he said the bounty was for a 50-year-old, and there's no information, right? And I was wondering, I was trying to do the math, I was like, now, Luke shouldn't be 50 yet. I wondered if, considering this is before The Force Awakens, if... I didn't think we were going to see Luke. Right. But I wondered if this was going to set us on the path of what ended up leading to that chase to find Luke leading into the beginning of Episode 7, right? Mm-hmm. 
I wondered if it, that was going to be it. Like, oh, we're finally going to get the backstory of like all like why Lor Santeca existed in like matter, like why they cast Max von Sydow for ninety seconds of screen time. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. was it going to be him? Was he going to be the one to show up on screen or something like that? You know, something like that. And I don't think this qualifies as it, but it absolutely qualifies as an oh shit moment. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, it's for sure something you don't want spoiled, but I wouldn't call it a spoiler for Star Wars at large. Right, and it's also hard to say, it's like, well, what? It, it's hard. It's a hard thing to spoil because you don't really know how to explain it. I feel yes. like it's, it's, a, it's a Yoda-like. <laughs> like <that's, laughs> well, it, it is of that race. And now, the, if you look online and stuff, I don't, you probably didn't have time because no. you watched it right before we started. Uh, and I remember this being the case, but I couldn't, I couldn't really remember the details. George Lucas made specific note of never actually revealing what Yoda's race is. Mm-hmm. We don't know where he's from. We don't know what his people are called. We don't know where they are. We don't know if they are anymore. Obviously, he can't be the only one in the sense of that there used to be a civilization of his people, even if they no longer are. And what I had forgotten was there's actually another one of his race, a female of his race in Phantom Menace. There's another one on the council. I think her name was Yaddle. Okay. I saw a picture of it. I was like, oh, yeah, that actually, I have no memory of that. But, yeah, that's clearly a shot from Phantom Menace. Um, but they have ne- we've never found out the answers to all of that. So I wonder if that's why they're considering it a big spoiler. If this is to intimate to us over the next seven episodes, we're finally going to get those answers. Because if that's the case, then, yes, it could potentially be a big spoiler. That could be cool. Yeah. Um, especially when I think, because I know that there was extended universe that's now become legend stuff that did delve into his background, but I don't know if it was expressly Lucas approved okay. per se. It definitely is no not currently part of the canon, but it's possible that these are things that are going to be activated from the legends in the way that someone like a Thrawn was, right? Right. Um, so I wonder if that could be where this is going. And so then if that's the case, then yes, this is the first drop in the bucket of what will be an ocean of spoilers for where this goes because that race is important because in all those extended things from what i understand if not all the majority of those that race is force sensitive which means right. that this could become an important jedi yeah that it, it's interesting i i i thought it was really cool like i said there's not enough for it to be a spoiler but it's definitely it's like you said it's a it's an oh shit moment yeah i i just don't i don't feel comfortable calling the existence of a character, a spoiler, when it's not like a character we know. Or yeah, I was going like, to say, let's say existence of a green thing, because we, it's not even a character at this point. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> 50 years old. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Not 902. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But, uh, no, that was, I mean, it was, it was definitely not what I was expecting. It definitely caught me by surprise. So I thought that was cool. Um, but I'm curious to see. It's going to mean something. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what yet. Yeah, for sure. Well. Um, other, other than I did see one little thing about it. Um, and it's maybe a longer form conversation for another time. But I can just preview my memory of reading an article on this earlier today. Um, it seems like it's meant to evoke this particular like Japanese manga series called, I think it was Lone Wolf and Cub. And anyone who is any sort of a student of the history of Star Wars knows that Akira Kurosawa's films were a heavy, heavy influence on George Lucas's creation of the original trilogy, especially the first movie. Um, 
And in addition to other Westerns, now, like, Westerns were inspired, or, like, there was kind of a back and forth uh, by Japanese theater, specifically the Kurosawa films, right? The um, samurai going out on his own and this and that, hunting, like, you know, becoming these important, like, people who went to town to town, like, saving people, is exactly what these, like, lone gunfighters ended up being. There was a lot of parallel between the two of them. So all of those genres kind of are one and the same. Uh, But this specific manga is about this older guy who is, you know, I think a a samurai, an expert in his field or whatever, who is presented with a choice to raise this small child as his own or kill him to prevent Mm -hmm. him from having to grow up in this horrible world. And it seems like that choice has been presented before the Mandalorian as well, who, by the way, we don't know his name yet. Um, and he makes his choice, right? He kills IG-11, I guess that technically was, um, and is now in possession of this baby, for lack of a better word, <laughs> you know, this baby yeah. Yoda. Um, and will the rest of this be showing the humanizing of this character? Because we know, despite the fact that he's been very cold and closed off so far, there are some connections that matter to him when he... The idea, when you see the flashbacks of him being a foundling and well, the importance of the Mandalorians for having brought him in. Right. The fact that he was willing to give a portion of the Biscar Steel to the, whatever, like they said, like the, the, the kind of like that fund for other foundlings, that's an important thing to him. Like, right. he, he can be cold and still care about that sort of thing. And if this is what shows the warming up of him, like, that this, he's looking at this baby and he's seeing his own childhood reflected in front of him, right? These forces around him conspire to kill him or kill his family, potentially. He's on, he's in, his, in the world on his own, didn't ask for any of this. And someone has the opportunity to extend the kindness to him, and he's, he's like, paying it back, what was given to him. Right. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty sweet. I will say, uh, uh, circling back to that, that, final se- that final sequence, that's the thing that's been done time and again, where it's like, I don't know, not this exact scene, but scenes like it, where... Uh, we're going to point the gun at the person and we're going to make a shot sound and it's not going to be that, right? But they did this so much better in that the amount of time they delayed before giving you the result, I feel like made you think... It gave me like that split second of, wait, wait, wait what? Like, did, did they not do the thing that I thought they were obviously going to do? And then they did it. Well, like, especially, oh, especially, be- <laughs> especially because they sold it in the moment because they, they changed the perspective of the camera. Yes. Where it now looked like you're waiting to see the reaction of, oh, fuck, he took the shot. Yeah. And it's like, not so yeah. fast. That was good. Goodness. That was really well done. Uh, well, good job on The Mandalorian, and we'll have also, to I'm keep curious, up to date with well, this. I have one last thought on that whole th- scene where it goes. Um, we already knew there's something off in the fact that those the two of them had the same job with no... Oh, yeah. But furthermore... At the end, like, they both kind of like, okay, you know what, this isn't actually that crazy for us to not know that the other person's on the job, right? Like, they kind of, we work together, we're all part of the same guild, it's not a big deal, we should be friends, right? Um, the, the devil's in the details, but whatever. But then at the end, they made expressly clear to the Mandalorian, we would prefer it alive, but if you have to kill it, fine, just prove to us you've killed it. Right. Whereas the, the, the droid has said, it was made very clear to me. Must be killed. Right, which is means different bounties from different people. Yes, that I think is a really interesting thread to pull going forward. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to see where episode two takes us. Like, I'm, I'm all in from this, obviously. 
Well, the thing that, I mean, looking, when we look back at it, it could be a boon to us. But considering the episodes were shorter, I expected them to be like 50-minute episodes, not 35-minute episodes. Mm-hmm. Although I'm glad it's 35 instead of like 25. Sure. Um, I was concerned. I thought it was going to be like a 10 or a 12 episode season. It's only eight episodes. Yeah. But they signed up for season two already. So it's like a pilot season almost. That's true. Um, I just, I, I guess I was expecting to have more. I'm already a little disappointed knowing that I have as much con- content as I thought. I'm curious to see. We don't really know much about all of the episodes. Like, I'm curious to see if they'll fluctuate in length. That's entirely possible, too. Like, um, like I'm, this I'm was a, a nice, that. concise opening sequence. Like, well, I, I would be concerned, though, because typically when you see that's the case, it's usually a long pilot right. and then shorter episode. Right. So I would be worried that that would be the direction it goes. Yeah, like we I guess we'll have, to, we'll have to see. Well, the rest of them are going to be 28 episodes. Yeah. I, I'm not going to complain until I see where it goes, but I'm already sure. feeling like, oh, are they not going to give me as much as I wanted out of this? But yeah, give, give me on the other hand, I've seen like stuff like you know the fucking Defender shows where it's like, I wish yeah. they were shorter. Right. That's not even. Let's not even. <laughs> I have spoken. <laughs> Way to bring it full circle. Nice. Well, we'll be back next week.